Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode five of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Killer. And I think this is going to be a contentious one. I think we're going to have a lot of debate here today. I think we're going to be in a number of arguments today. There will be a lot of hotly debated issues. I'm curious to see how the viewers feel. Yeah. When you saw the name of this episode, did you think that the titular killer was going to be Elena? No, I thought... It was Connor. I thought it was probably Connor or just like some other hunter that we're referring to. Some backstory. No, Elena finally ripped that bandaid off and killed someone. I mean, it's about time. And at least it wasn't an innocent person. At least it wasn't April. Let's all remember that. Yeah. Let's all take today to celebrate a win, which is she did kill someone who did in her mind help her to kill, although she was very much mistaken. She did not have the information and that's not her fault. It is. Well, it's Stefan's fault that she doesn't have the information is what I'm implying. No, Stefan made the right call. And the reason she didn't trust him is not Stefan's fault. It's her own, but we'll get to that. We have many debates to be had this episode. I don't think I'm going to sway, but I, I don't think you'll sway either. Exactly. We will simply present our cases and we will agree to disagree. And Stephanie will likely remain in the wrong. So as always, <laughs> as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Stefan and Klaus form an uneasy alliance to try and contain the danger that Connor has unleashed on the town. When Connor takes Jeremy, Matt, and April hostage at the grill, Stefan and Damon have a serious disagreement about the best course of action, and Elena is again caught between the two brothers. The situation quickly turns violent when Klaus sends one of his hybrids, Dean, to stand up to Connor. Caroline is surprised to find Haley at the Lockwood Mansion. Meanwhile, Professor Shane works with Bonnie to help her get past her fear and guilt. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Sure. <laughs> So we start the episode at Connor's RV. He is coming home after days of being kidnapped by Klaus, and he has in his possession the head of Nate, the hybrid he killed last week. And it's kind of like, why did he bring that with him? And then obviously we see why pretty quick. Over the next scene, we see him extract the venom from Nate and then make it into the liquid he later uses. But the scene that's going on while we see this happening is he is in Professor Shane's office, which is where we left him at the end of the last episode. And Connor says, hey, do you have any idea what I've been through? I spent the last two days chained up by an original vampire. And Shane says, oh, so you met Klaus. And she's like, you met Klaus? Like, that is not the point of that statement. <laughs> he says, I only know him by reputation, but apparently he's a real monster. And Connor says, yeah, he's a vampire werewolf hybrid. Do you have any idea how hard it is to kill them? And Shane says, well, you know, according to my research, you have to like cut off their head or take out their heart. And Connor said, yeah, I had to figure that out on my own, you dickwad. Yeah, Connor's like, why didn't you tell me that before I went? I just had to be surprised by that. I shot a kid in front of the whole town and then he popped right back up. He says, I could have used some of your occult professor knowledge. But then again, you've always been slow with the answers. Which I think is by design. Yeah, of course. Connor, you got to realize this alliance you made with this guy is not helpful to you. Especially because people who figured out about you like three days ago, they now have at least the same amount of information you have, if not more. Honestly, Connor might have been better suited to make an alliance with Klaus or Stefan. I know that they're vampires and he, you know, hates them. But if he really wants to find out his background, blah, 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 blah. Does Klaus know more or does this professor know more? It's pretty obvious which one's which. And whether they know more or will tell you is another factor. And I mean, I think this is kind of Shane's genius is Shane seems to have implied to Connor that it's going to give him like 
this sense of his own personal journey. No, like he's seemed to imply like, oh, it's going to be a purpose. The purpose is you are a human map. That's it. That's the purpose. It's very much like, oh, if I find my biological mom, then I'll know who I am. And it's like, that's not really how that works. Like you have to do some inner work at this point. Like, I know you think you're going to reach the self-actualization, but I don't know why you think this random professor is your key to that. Well, because he told him he is. Yeah. Like you can't expect Connor to be like, oh, well, maybe not. No. This is Shane's genius to get Connor on the hook. Because if Shane was like, oh, I'll tell you what the symbols in your tattoo mean, he'd be like, "Mm, I think I could find anyone to figure that out. Yeah. Shane uses the personal approach. That's his bread and butter, which we see with Bonnie as well. But anyway, Shane says we had a deal. I'll give you answers when your murk is completed. So kill as many vampires as possible is the deal that Connor has previously agreed to. And that seems like a good deal with that because he's killed a couple vampires. He's happy to do more. And it's unfortunate that the place with a lot of vampires just happened to have all these other mix and matches. Yeah, it's a bad city that he sent him to, but we have to assume Shane sent him there for a reason, but I'm sure we'll unpack that Mm -hmm. in future episodes. And Shane says, why'd you think I sent you to Mystic Falls? There's no shortage of vampires there. The town is practically infested. And then Shane says, hey, BTW, separate concept. There is a witch kind of like in the middle of this. And I really need her for what I have planned. So I want her kept out of harm's way. And Connor's like, no. Yeah, Connor says, if anybody gets in my way, they're dead. Connor's like, that really sounds like a you problem. I'm not memorizing anyone's names. Like, I'm not here to protect anybody. I'm killing people. I'm killing vampires. And anyone who gets in the way of me killing vampires is also getting killed. And Shane says, okay. Fine, I'll do it myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's like, not really the answer I wanted, but I get I have not been super kind to you, so I have to take this one loss. And he says, I'll just occupy her myself. Just do what you do, the less I know, the better. So obviously his plan to occupy her himself is just hypnotize her all day. We'll get into that. So then we go to the town square where Connor is on a mission to do what he does, as Shane told him to. And we see him with the duffel bag and he's approaching the grill. It's always the grill. Yeah, we get a nice shot of the grill with some ominous music. And it's like, ooh, it's like, here we go. Then we go inside the grill. Jeremy is getting everything set up. The grill isn't open yet. He's getting ready. He's like putting pictures on shelves, whatever. And then he hears a door. So he goes to investigate, of course. Connor sneaks up on him and holds a knife to his neck. And he says, do I have your attention? And Jeremy's like, yeah, obviously. (laughs) You have a knife to my neck. You do. (laughs) Connor says, great. Let's talk about vampires. Then we go over to the Gilbert house, a.k.a. Sad Girl Central. Elena wakes up. She starts to narrate because she's writing in her diary, now a vampire diary. And she says, dear diary, I know it has been quite a while. That is how I open every diary or journal entry because I'll write one journal entry and then stop for six months. and be like, I should journal again. Elena has a reason for taking a break. Yeah. She says, I haven't like needed to write this stuff down, but honestly, I haven't wanted to write this stuff down. But I also don't want to say it out loud. The thing is, I'm a vampire and I hate it very much. Yeah, she's like, I'm doing real bad. I gotta tell you. Gotta tell you, journal, things are not looking good. And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is also writing in his vampire diary. And he says, so the thing is, Elena has been spiraling since her transition. There are times I barely recognized her. But now, for the first time in a while, there's hope. And then Elena journals, well, I feel hopeless. Yeah. (laughs) She says, I'm depressed, I'm angry, but most of all, I'm scared. And Stefan says, you know, somewhere in the world, there's a cure. If I can get it, Elena can be human again and I can give her her life back. And Elena says, part of me wants to kill myself. Yeah, she's (laughs) like, I'm ready to die. Then she says, but then I think of Jeremy and I'm all he has left. So I need to find a way through this, whatever it takes. 
She is literally hanging on by a thread. And Stefan says, that's what I need to do. No matter what Klaus asks, no matter what lies I have to tell or secrets I have to keep, I will do it. No matter what it takes to get the cure for Elena. And early in this episode, I said, that's not going to go well. And I agree that it was never (laughs) going to go well, but I do think it was the right call because you have to remember, Stefan doesn't know there's no guarantee they're going to find this cure. They are a long ways off from finding this cure. Mm-hmm. And Elena is hanging on by a thread. Can you imagine if he was like, oh, we've got a cure. And then two weeks later, he was like, "Never mind, we don't. It was all made up. She can't handle the ups and downs like that right now. And Damon will tell her immediately. At this current time, yes, this is the right call. Mm-hmm. When people start getting kidnapped and you have to keep the kidnapper alive for your plan, that's when it starts falling apart. Yes, if you're not like, being pushed by outside forces. You don't want to give her false hope. You don't want to like muddy this plan, but things get away from you. I think Stefan did the best he possibly could, but we'll get to that. We got a long episode ahead of us. <laughs> Stefan gets a text from Klaus that says, we have a problem. So they call and Stefan says, what do you mean Connor escaped? And Klaus says, well, I blame the mind numbing incompetence of my hybrids, but pointing fingers isn't going to help me. While he's on the phone, he's at an excavation site in Italy looking for the sword. Klaus says, you're going to help me. And Stefan says, well, Connor could be anywhere, so I don't really know what you want me to do. And Klaus says, think, Stefan. He took the hybrid's head, which means he wants werewolf toxin. Stefan says, okay, yeah, that means he wants to stay in Mystic Falls and kill vampires. And Klaus says, which is a pity because I'm half a world away digging up a dead hunter. You guys have no access to my blood slash the antidote for a werewolf bite. And since Connor's tattoo is our only map to the cure... Your task is really simple. Find him, catch him, and keep him alive because he's no good to us dead. And this is a good way to keep those stakes high of like, look, we do have a cure for world venom, but I'm literally in Italy. So they'll probably die before I get back. Especially the way Connor's using that werewolf venom. He's given a concentrated dose. Yeah. Stefan says, Damon's been looking everywhere for him. So if they cross paths, like, I can't promise he might stay alive. And Klaus says, you need to keep Damon in check. And Stefan says, that would be a whole lot easier to do if I could tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. he's right to ask for this. Maybe he should push a little harder. But Klaus says, oh, you trust Damon with the cure? I imagine he prefers Elena as she is. And it's smart of Klaus here to try to turn Stefan and Damon against each other. And I do think the cure might cause Damon to have different, you know, motivations. I do think it's smart to keep the wild card that is Damon out of the knowledge of the cure. Yeah, I think it's smart to keep Damon out of it because he is a wild card at the end of the day. And if he's angry, something's going to happen. But I do think there is a part of it. And I don't think this is conscious necessarily. I think Stefan is more concerned that Damon would be like, well, I don't want Elena to have a cure because we're getting along. She's a vampire. I think it's more likely that Damon would want to help find this cure for Elena. Stefan doesn't see that because of how he views Damon. And I think Stefan wants to be the one to save Elena. I think that's probably a part of it. But also, I think Stefan knows that if he tells Damon about the cure, Damon's going to tell Elena. Yeah. Because Damon is, you know, maybe not consciously, but Damon is looking for ways to differentiate his relationship with Elena from Stefan's relationship with Elena. And he's gotten a lot of legs up. If Damon can be the one to tell her about the cure and be like, oh, Stefan lied, whether or not he's doing it totally consciously to break them up, that's an added bonus. I think it is the situation of you can't just tell one of them. That's the thing. If you tell one of them, they're both going to know. So you might as well tell both of them if you're telling them. And I think telling both of them, say what you will about Stefan. He is very good at measured thinking, thinking logically. 
he doesn't lose his temper in a way that he's going to make like a spur of the moment decision, except like when he's killing a human because he's motivated by blood. Yeah. Stefan knows that if he's the only one who knows this secret, he can keep it under wraps and pretty much bend the plan of the group to his intentions. If they all trust him, which many of them do because he's trustworthy. I agree with that, that he is more measured. He's not the one who makes spur of the moment decisions. Now, unfortunately, I think for you, that brings up the point that it makes sense to not tell someone, you know, when everyone's in danger and a spur of the moment decision is more likely. If you have time to sit down and say, look, this is the situation we need to talk about what this means and kind of get everyone on the same page instead of like, there are three hostages and oh shit, no one's listening to me. Here's why. Then a spur of the moment decision comes out. So I think it's a dangerous game. Like, are you saying he should have told them? I'm saying since he's good at measured thinking and other people aren't, it's a bigger risk to tell them when a spur of the moment decision is more urgent. So do you think when they found out they were hostages, Stefan should have told them? I think he should have told them before they were hostages so they could have a plan in place if something like this happens. You know, because if there's already hostages, Elena's already stressed, people are going to want to act fast. And he saw this, this is where it started to get away from him. So when Mm -hmm. everyone was like, we have to do something now. Now, I think there's no way he could have known that hostages were going to be taken today. Yeah. So obviously hindsight's 2020 on it. I'm just saying like the spirit of the moment decision thing, like kind of got away from it when hostages were taken. Well, I think other people not being able to react in a measured logical way is not Stefan's fault. He cannot control that Damon decided that he was mad at his brother for not telling him something. That's true, but he knows that that's something that will happen. Like if he's, thinking about these measured responses, he has to consider like how other people are going to react. Yeah, that's why he's not telling them because he is considering how other people will react. We'll get into the details of this, but I think he did not articulate well enough like any of his needs. Like he kind of was like, we should try not to kill Connor. And it's like, there's no like reason why we would believe that. But he never said they should try not to kill him. He was very careful about that. I think that's the mistake. I think he should have been like, I don't think we should kill Connor because we know he has this tattoo and maybe that does something for us. But Elena doesn't know about the tattoo, so he doesn't want to tell her about the tattoo. But Damon knows. You don't have to tell them Klaus wants him alive, but you can say Klaus knows about this brotherhood. He's going to help us understand the hunters and that's a lot harder to do if he's dead. Like, we just want to have him alive. Because without saying, like, I want him alive, it's like, why would I trust you if I don't know what your reason is? Do you think that if Stefan had said to Damon, I want him alive and then didn't give him any reason, you think Damon would have gone with that? No, but he needs to come up with a reason that isn't the truth. Or like, just say, like, I think we should keep him alive for some reason. And if Damon disagrees, then you can say, like, look, I need this and I really need you to trust me. He can't say, oh, don't go in yet. Trust me. That's very different. I think he did what you're saying he should have done. He did not make it clear that he didn't want Connor to die. He just kept saying, like, let's let's look out. Like, let's wait and see a little bit. I think those are two different approaches. And I think if he went in and said, we don't want Connor to die, Damon would have immediately gone in and killed Connor much faster. I think by Stefan trying to stall and say, like, we need to have a more cautious plan. It doesn't immediately alert Damon to the fact that their intentions are different. And I think that gives him the distance. If it all worked, of course it didn't. But I think he made the right decision at that time. But also you have to remember there's another piece of this. 
Klaus is trying to pit Damon and Stefan against each other. Stefan doesn't fall for it. He says, nice try. I trust Damon way more than I trust you. And Klaus says, I trust no one. That's why my sister's lying in a box and look at me. I'm a success. Mm -hmm. And he makes a good point that the more people who find out about the cure, the more people who will go after it. Elena wants the cure or Elena would want the cure is the assumption they're making Mm -hmm. to become human. But imagine what would happen if someone was able to force feed Klaus the cure. That's a huge thing for vampires worldwide. So basically, Klaus says, whoever finds out about the cure, the more will go after it. More people will go after it. We're all in danger. Nations have gone to war over less. And we don't know enough about the cure to know if it affects an original. Does it affect their entire bloodline? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know anything about it at this point. So Klaus is basically like, mark my words, you tell one soul and I can throw the hunter's sword in the Mediterranean and we will end this quest right now. Am I understood? So basically, Stefan figures if he tells anyone, he can't get the cure. So then if he tells Elena there might be a cure, Klaus will throw out the sword then they can't have a cure. And then Elena's back in a spiral. But at the same time, let's remember Klaus like says a lot of things. Sure. <laughs> I think this is more bluff from his part because he knows it's harder to control what happens if more people have skin in the game. Yeah, He knows if he can keep it to just Stefan, there's a little bit of control he can have. And I think that's more what it is. And like, I get why Stefan doesn't want to share the secret, but I don't think he can't. I don't know. I feel like... Klaus is as afraid of telling Damon and Elena as Stefan is because also there's the aspect of it that Klaus wants to cure Elena so she can be a doppelganger so he can make hybrids. Mm -hmm. Like even though one consequence that Stefan is looking after is like Elena getting the cure, it does put Elena in a different type of harm's way. So it is a little bit of a betrayal. Like there's a lot of emotional components and to Stefan's credit, he thought he had to... Keep everyone in line for 12 hours because Klaus is about to get the sword. He'll come back. Then we can go from there. Like, it makes sense that Stefan thought he could handle 12 hours. Yeah. But Damon is jockeying for power, which is another part of it, which we'll get into later. Well, and I also think that Klaus knows that Elena probably wants the cure, but it's safer if she doesn't know and can't make that call. Yeah. I just think, and I'll get into this more, this gets into the Elena decision question of it all real interesting how you want to give elena all the power to make all her own decisions except this time what decision could you make right now if she wanted to protect connor to get the cure it's an interesting piece of information to hide from someone who you trust with her choices yes but let's not pretend that elena's in any like incredible mental state to be making life-altering decisions that is a good point well was she in a good mental state while she was in a truck underwater either She was in a much better mental state than she is right now. Like, I'm sorry, you can't tell me that it would have been beneficial in the tunnels while there are hostages held or even in Rick's apartment. Like, if Stefan had told any of this to Elena, you'd think she would have been like, oh, interesting. Let me think about the decision. No, she'd start crying. Yeah. If anything, if I may. (laughs) You have been a big proponent of sometimes Damon is right because you can't make Elena make all her own decisions. So maybe, maybe Stefan actually took a page from Damon's book and said, you know what? I do want to let Elena make her own decisions, but right now I'm a better person to represent her because I know what she wants. I agree with that. And I would feel like I would support Stefan on that side if he hadn't shit on Damon time and time again for making decisions for Elena. And Damon didn't shit on Stefan time and time again? Well, yeah, but Damon's not flip-flopping here. Stefan is. Well, yeah. But no, it gets back into the same thing because maybe Damon's not flip-flopping, but then Damon also agreed 
it would be a bad idea to tell Elena about the cure. So Stefan was right. Well, yeah, he agreed that after she killed the hunter. No, he agreed on that after Stefan told him before she killed the hunter. Damon wasn't going to tell Elena. Well, then I guess Stefan should have told Damon earlier. No, he shouldn't have. Damon should have trusted his brother, who's never done anything to hurt him. It's a lot of trust to ask for is all I'm saying. I don't think it is. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Because I've still got a lot of fight left in me. So then we go over to the grill. Matt is now at work. He calls Jeremy and says Jeremy's a half an hour late. And we saw Jeremy was there earlier, which begs the question, was Matt 10 minutes late? Or maybe Jeremy was early. Maybe he's just so good at his job. Maybe. Matt is setting everything up. He's getting the chairs, whatever. Getting the salt and pepper shakers, all that. And April comes in and Matt says, hey, we don't open till 11. (laughs) She was like, oh, I wasn't trying to scare or stalk you or anything. And he's like, we don't open till 11. He's like, I didn't think you were. Like, we're not open, though. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. It's not open. And then she says, I came to ask if you've seen Rebecca. And he says, why would I have seen Rebecca? He said, I have not seen the bitch. (laughs) In the background, we can see Connor and Jeremy. Connor's like, oh, I got to deal with these two. Okay. April says, oh, I just assumed you would have seen her because aren't you guys kind of a thing? Which is hysterical because Rebecca told her that. Rebecca's like, yeah, we kind of got a will they won't they thing. Matt says, Rebecca and I are not a thing. And April says, okay, anyway, I'm worried about her. She said she'd help me investigate the fire that killed my dad and then she just disappeared. And Matt doesn't have time to unpack all of that because Connor comes out holding Jeremy in a headlock and says, trust me, that's the least of your problems. Not the best entrance line. Yeah, she's like, it's a pretty big problem in my life. I mean, yeah. like, actually, it's, it's the most of my problems. It's more important than this, honestly. She's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Elena opens the door to her bedroom and Damon is there. He quickly walks in and she says, hey. She's like, okay, here you are. And he asks where Stefan is because he's not answering his phone and he's not at the Gilbert house. Damon says, which, you know, big deal. We've only got a killer vampire hunter on the loose. And Elena says, I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet today. And Damon says, okay, give me your phone. Maybe he's dodging me. So I'll call him from your phone. Mm-hmm. And she says, why would he be dodging you? And he says, uh, maybe because we like dance at a frat party together, which they make it seem like they had sex. Like you danced for 10 seconds. It was sexy. To be fair, Stefan would be hurt by this. <laughs> yes. But if Elena had described it to Stefan, Stefan would be like, okay. She would have been like, I bit a few people and I got a little scared, but I didn't kill anyone. And then it would be like, okay, do. But Damon says, well, I just figured you like spilled your guts when I left. And she like looks at the floor and he's like, oh, you didn't tell him. Yeah, she's like, mm, I kept up, locked up. And that is very telling. And she says, no, I didn't tell him that I got high on blood like some crackhead. It's like, okay, girl. She says, and Dirty danced with you. It was a mistake. I wasn't myself. And besides, he's got enough to deal with getting me through this vampire stuff. Yes, he does. He does. You didn't need to tell him about this. And so she gives Damon her phone. He starts to call Stefan and he says, you know, this is a classic shame spiral, which of course she denies. And he says, newbie vampire remorse is worse than a hangover. And she's like, I'm not in a shame spiral. She obviously is in a shame spiral and a depression spiral. Like she's in every kind of spiral. It's it's not good in her brain. She's doing real bad. Yeah, what's heightened for Elena right now is her mental illness. It's bad. She's like, have I been depressed this whole time? And I just didn't know. Yeah, you have, girl. Apparently. The call Damon makes from Elena's phone also goes to voicemail. And they're freaked out because they're like, Stefan always answers your phone call because people love to be on the phone on the show. Yeah. Well, and this is like 
this is an unfortunate piece of information of like, what is Stefan doing without us? Like, why wouldn't he answer his phone? It like is already setting up this uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. which is not Stefan's fault that he missed two phone calls. But well, and it's not like Damon and Elena don't do things without telling Stefan every once in a while. They're just very. Here's the thing. I think Damon and Elena are setting themselves up to not trust Stefan because it's more convenient for them because Elena obviously has feelings for Damon that she's having a harder time ignoring. And it's easier for her to say she doesn't trust Stefan and it's Stefan's fault than it is for her to say she just likes Damon more and that she's going back on it. So she would rather blame Stefan. So she doesn't want to trust Stefan in this episode. And Damon doesn't want to trust Stefan because he wants Elena. So they're setting Stefan up for a loss. That's my overarching point. That's your overarching argument. I think I'll get into more detail as we go. Yeah, they're setting themselves up to not trust anything Stefan says. They're suspicious of him. I think the other issue is that Stefan is, he ends up kind of suspicious the way he hides secrets and the way this went. It got away from him in a lot of cases. I do think that, you know, they know Klaus is out there making decisions and they feel left out of the loop. And it's like, well, what are you doing for Klaus? And I think it's a fair fear that Klaus compelled him because obviously he couldn't tell them if he did. They know that Klaus has that capability. Well, but if I may be a Stefan defender once more. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm all right song. Why do Damon and Elena feel left out of Stefan and Klaus's conversations? Because they took a little road trip to college. Because she needs to learn how to drink blood because Stefan can't teach her. Yeah, but they went away to do that and they got left out because of that. They could have done it in Mystic Falls. They didn't. They wanted to spend time together alone because they want to have sex and they don't want to admit that. So they're using any excuse they can to spend time together. And then they're acting like Stefan is the one leaving them out. That is true. This is my fight song. Like, I do agree with that. that, Yeah. And it's the same thing with Elena that she's like, oh, I don't like who I am. It's like, no, you like it fine until someone else gives you a dirty look. Yes, you like who you are. She doesn't like that by accepting who she is, that she's changing things. Like she doesn't like that she's changing from who she thought she was. Mm -hmm. But the sooner she accepts it, the better, because she's not helping anyone. And I think it's the same thing in this episode of like, if I can just keep Jeremy, I can hold on to my humanity and who I am. And it's like, you still have your humanity. Like, yeah, it's a shift and it's a change, but you're fine with it. And it just, it takes some time. I think she's having a hard time facing what the transition means. And yeah, she is leaning on Damon and Mm -hmm. she feels self-conscious about that because even though she knows Damon's the best one for her at this point, other people can't see that and she doesn't want to admit it. And she's trying to anchor herself in her humanity. And what she defines as her humanity is her relationship with Jeremy and her relationship with Stefan. Yeah. And her relationship with Damon, because he is encouraging or because he's able to encourage her vampirism, she associates him with, if I choose Damon, I am accepting that I am a vampire and this is my life. Whereas if I choose Stefan, maybe things will go back to normal. Things will never go back to normal. Well, I think that's the thing too, if she wants to trust that Stefan is anchoring her to her humanity, that he's able to do that. And everything's heightened. And anytime she feels like a little doubtful of him, it's like, well, you can change, but I can't and losing track of it. I think there's a level of shifting that makes keeping a secret from her a very dangerous game, which I don't think could have been anticipated. Yes. I do think it just got away from Stefan today, Mm -hmm. but I do agree that Damon and Elena have their own shit to work out 
I think they should be more open to trust, but I also think Stefan is asking for a lot of trust. Well, and I also think that what Elena and Stefan both, what grounds both of them in each other is the way they tie each other to their humanity. So when Stefan is making deals with Klaus, that's vampire behavior, okay? Mm -hmm. And so Elena's like, I don't trust that guy, he's a vampire. Because as we've seen, when Stefan leans into his vampire side more than his human side, he is quite evil and terrifying. And also sexy. And and also <laughs> sexy and hot. And I love him. Need I remind the audience that Stefan almost drove her off Wickery Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it is this. She views him as the anchor to her humanity. He views her as the anchor to his humanity. Now, his anchor is losing it because her humanity is not as steady as it was because she's a vampire now. And that read from Stefan of feeling that kind of uneasiness pairing with Klaus mm-hmm. reads as distrust yeah. of Elena and then... She internalizes that, takes it as distrust. I think it's a combination of these. They hold each other to a very high standard that neither of them have the ability to keep. Yeah. Because she has lower expectations for Damon because she saw him at his worst first. Yeah. And it's like Stefan just keeps sinking lower. She's always afraid that Stefan's going to betray her catastrophically where she's not really worried Damon's going to do that. Yeah, because she knows what Damon's capable of. And Stefan, I think she wants him to be proud of her and who she is as a vampire. And so it makes her lean into behaviors that are not sustainable. She wants to be a good vampire, which she's seen it doesn't really work for Stefan. And she knows it doesn't work for her, but she doesn't want to accept that either way. Well, it's the unlearning too of like the whole time before she was a vampire. She's like, Stefan's great. If I'm ever a vampire, I'm not going to be. But if I ever am, I'm going to be like him. And then she became a vampire and she's like, what the fuck is this dude doing? This makes no fucking sense. <laughs> so I see what Damon was saying now. It's like, actually, it's pretty obvious Damon was right, like immediately. And I can't accept that because then it means that what was my relationship with Stefan built on? And also I might be into Damon and I can't touch that yet. Like she's just not ready to work through all this, but it breeds distrust at the end of the day, which makes it hard to keep secrets from her without her making some other decision. Yeah, we'll continue to go deeper into that, but I'm glad I got my thesis out. So then we go over to the grill. Connor tells Matt, April, and Jeremy to sit down. He asks Jeremy for his phone. And Jeremy says, can we at least let April go? She's got nothing to do with this. She's clearly already losing it. Yeah, Jeremy's like, honestly, like, it's going to save us all some time if she can go because I don't want to fucking listen to the crying. Connor says, oh, she has everything to do with this. Her and her father. Plus, she and I have history. And she says, I've never seen you before in my life. So we know that she's met him when he stabbed her at her father's funeral. But he seems to imply a longer history with her and her father. Do you read anything into that? I do think there's a longer history. I mean, we get this quasi confirmed, like not confirmed, but that she's like, he seems familiar to me later on. I think it's clear there's some kind of childhood connection for her or some other connection to her father. I mean, there's a reason that even though we know that Shane sent Connor to Mystic Falls, that he went to this firm house first mm-hmm. and like kept the letter rather than giving it to the person who it was addressed to. Yeah. So he clearly has some understanding of this family, whatever it means. And also he seems to have some familiarity with April, even though she is not reading back into that, which I do appreciate seeing because I did guess that April hired him and it was pretty clear that was wrong, but at least there's some connection there. It's a little win for you. So I'm a little bit right. And Connor is so annoyed that April doesn't remember him. He's like, you kids need to get some Vervain and don't just wear it as a bracelet where anybody can just take it off. And he looks at Jeremy's bracelet and Jeremy's like, huh? Jeremy's like, 
What do you mean? And Connor says, maybe then you'd remember our conversation at the hybrids yesterday. And Jeremy says, conversation? Wait, did someone compel me? Jeremy, you get compelled all the damn time. He's like, I've made it explicitly clear that I don't like it when they do that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I keep telling them not to do that. It's like, they do it all the time. They keep doing it, King. Ever wonder why you moved to Denver? <laughs> Gotta start ingesting some vervain, King. Okay? Gotta start drinking it. April says, hey, will someone tell me what he's talking about? Because yeah, April's like, what the fuck am I doing here? She's like, I just wanted to come find my friend. She said, what does compelled mean? <laughs> Connor says, compulsion, secrets, vampires. And she's like, I, that means nothing to me. She's like, vampires? Matt says, okay, so if you know so much, you know our friends are going to come for us. And he says, yeah, I'm kind of counting on that. He's like, that's literally the point of me taking you hostage here. That is the point of hostages, ransom. Like, why do you think I asked for a phone? Haven't you seen all the money in the world? Connor says, every vampire who comes for you guys is another one I get to kill. He says, who should I text first? Damon Salvatore, his brother, Stefan, and Matt and Jeremy are like, oh, we're not that close to them. No, we don't care about them. That's not really a threat. And then he says, Tyler Lockwood. And they're like, oh, no, he is our friend and we do not want you to text him. And they zoom in on Matt being stressed. Like, you know, he knows Tyler's a vampire. He's shot him multiple times. (laughs) And then he says, all right, all of the above. Love him leaving Caroline off the list. Well, it's funny because Connor so thinks he ate that he figured out Damon, Stefan, and Tyler are vampires. You missed two of them. Yeah. In the same group. You missed the one Stefan is dating. He's sexist. He thinks only men can be vampires. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have caught Rebecca unless someone told him specifically. He texts Stefan, Damon, and Tyler at Mystic Girl with hostages. They die at sundown. And then he breaks the phone. With a knife. Very aggressive. And Jeremy's like, hey, man. I don't have a guardian right now. I can't just get a new phone. He's like, could you just turn off the data and I can play Candy Crush? Like if I'm going to be here all fucking day, I mean. And Connor turns to the camera and says, actually, with the warranties at AT AT&T, you can get a great phone. (laughs) These AT&T phones with this warranty, it's like an original. You can't keep them down. (laughs) (laughs) AT&T. And then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena and the Salvatores are debriefing. And Damon says, here's a great plan. We each take a different entrance and hit him at the same time. And Stefan comes in and Damon's like, oh, where have you been? He says, I've been coming up with a plan. And Damon says, oh, we've got a plan. I'm going to rip his heart out and feed it to him. Here's the other thing about Damon. Killing someone, not a plan. That's a goal, okay? (laughs) Damon is always like, I'm going to go kill him today. Like, okay, how? And I don't mean... Like physically how? I mean, how do you get to him? Damon's always like, I have a plan. I will kill him. Damon, don't you remember being shot with arrows just for entering his RV? Let's let's take a second. So that's where Stefan is very smart in his manipulation tactic here. Stefan says, that's not a plan. Uh, we need to be careful. Connor has Jeremy and who knows how many other hostages. And Damon says, hence me tearing out his heart. And Elena says, Damon's right. Okay. She says, Connor's strong, but he can't take all of us. And Tyler is also here. He says, I called the hybrids. Caroline's also here. She says, my mom used squad cars to block the streets. They say it's a faulty gas main. We are set to attack. You know, I get their thought of like, if we all come in at the same time, like he can't kill all of us. But also like they are forgetting this point that Stefan does bring up of like, he likes to booby trap a bit. And also maybe they're right. Like, let's assume for a second that they do want Connor dead, that there's not even this other part of it. They're probably right that he can't kill all of them, but he can kill one or two. Yeah, that's why, unfortunately, you send the hybrids in first, clear stuff out of the way, and then you take it. Now, don't tell the hybrids that. Yeah. But we do have some disposables here. Yeah, exactly. 
And Damon says, great, no cops, no witnesses, no reason to wait, let's go. And Stefan says, hold on, everyone's not going. And Tyler says, oh, he shot me like nine times. If we're killing him, I want to be involved. And Elena says, he's got Jeremy, I'm going. And Stefan says, no one is going anywhere until I find out what we're walking into. Damon says, you? Is that what you've been all morning buying bossy pants? (laughs) You're losing it, Damon. Yeah, and Damon's kind of right that it's like, why would Stefan be the one? But Stefan says it confidently enough, he kind of gets away with it. And it is a good point. You do need to know what you're walking into before you go into it. But it is like a little odd that Stefan's like, hey, let's not kill him. He doesn't say let's not kill him. He says, hey, let's take a beat, you know, which they do need to take a beat because this plan is not fully formed. Stefan's right. He says he's known for setting traps. We'd be dumb to walk into one, especially if he has werewolf venom. Now, Stefan, of course, knows he does have werewolf venom, but the others don't know that for sure. Elena says, does he? And Stefan, without missing a beat, says he's had it before. We have to assume he could again. See, but I think this is a mistake because a lot of this, like, we need to wait, we need to investigate, is built around the idea that he has werewolf venom. And he's like, well, maybe he has it. And, it's, and all of them are like, okay, well, maybe he doesn't. I think it's just this thing of like, I get why he wants to keep it kind of vague, but I do think this is one of his issues where he's like, well, he might have venom. And it's like, there's no reason to know that. And I get that you should plan for the fact that he might, but these people are already riled up. Like, I guess they, he doesn't want them to know he was at Klaus's house with the hybrid, but he could say like, Klaus told me one of his hybrids got killed. Like, I don't know why he can't share that. Because then he tells them that he's been talking to Klaus and they're like, why have you been talking to Klaus? What does Klaus have to do with this? But I think you're right. They don't know that he has werewolf venom. But I do think that like, it's not a crazy thing to plan for werewolf venom in general since it can kill them immediately. I don't think this should break the trust because I, I think he covers it well that he doesn't imply that he has the information, but that he thinks it's a reasonable assumption to be made knowing that he sets traps. Damon says, we need help. Where's the Wicked Witch of the West? Caroline says, she can't do magic. And Damon says, we'll tell her Jeremy's life is in danger. Maybe that'll bring her out of retirement. But over at Professor Shane's office, he is having her turn off her cell phone. He is fulfilling his promise to keep her out of it himself. Yeah. Bonnie is reading... One of his books, it's called like, The Book of the Occult. Real creative title. I know. She says, I can't believe you wrote a book. And he says, actually, I wrote three. But two of them are just really embarrassing to display. What did he write them about? I need to know. <laughs> I got to know what these two books are. <laughs> she says, I'm going to find them online. He says, no, you're not. You promised no cell phones, no internet during witch therapy. Mm-hmm. So no one can contact her. And he says, I want your focus. I want your undivided attention. And she says, you think you can help me start practicing magic again? He says, yeah, I invited you here because I can. So just right now, relax, drink your tea. He has these two teacups that are like Japanese symbols on them. He says he got this tea in Australia while backpacking with Aborigine spirit guides. It's better when you smoke it, but he's trying to be a role model. His vibe is awful. It is all the worst parts of Ezra Fitz. And one thing about me, I don't care who I'm with. If they are giving me tea, there's drugs in it. And he straight up told her there were drugs in it. Yeah. Tea specifically, something about it is suspicious. If you don't know someone super well, why would you take tea from someone? And if he's like a professor of the occult and he's giving her witch therapy, there's something in that tea. Yeah. And I mean, he does tell her there's something in the tea and she drinks it anyway. Girl. He told her one of the things that was in the tea. Yeah. Or it hid some of the side effects of the drug he gave her. He says, listen, Bonnie, the thing is, what I have in mind might come off as unorthodox. 
So we go on dates. <laughs> so you hook up with me. <laughs> she says, I'm officially curious. And he says, good. What do you know about hypnosis? And she says, uh, you think that would work? She's like, that kind of sounds like bullshit. We'll see. He says, you practice witchcraft, but don't believe in hypnotism. And then he has this metronome going and he starts basically while he says this, he moves his hand up to his ear and then <laughs> puts it down, which she follows the same trajectory. Mm -hmm. He says, listen, you're afraid to practice magic because the spirits convinced you it was wrong by threatening your grams, making you feel guilty. You just have to confront that fear and guilt and remove it. And she says, yeah, I don't think that would work. Witches are naturally immune to manipulation. Girl, you are drinking drugged tea in a middle-aged man's office. You are being manipulated. Yeah. He says, really? Let me ask you something, Bonnie. Would you like to put your earring back on? And she smiles. Let me just say, he's like, oh yeah, the witch spirits rejected you because they want you to feel guilty. You just need to get past your guilt. Sounds like leaning into dark magic. That's what it seems like to me. Bonnie, do some thinking, queen. And, you know, I know that she wants to figure out how to get past this trauma of feeling like she's hurting her grams. But from what you know about witchcraft, Bonnie, and you know quite a bit, you've talked to a number of witches. When the spirits are mad, don't they usually have a good reason? Haven't you seen that when people deny the spirits, it's negative effects and they start doing evil things? I mean, you met Esther. Yeah. Is that what you want? And- I know this guy has kind of like a comforting aura, maybe. To me, he doesn't. To me, he doesn't. But I think if I were in high school and a professor was like, you're so much smarter than all the other girls, I'd be like, oh, my God, he's in love with me. I mean, he's grooming her. That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's grooming. It is what it is. And also, like, I know that he's a professor, and so he must know about stuff. This man is not a witch. Bonnie, go find another witch to talk to. Shouldn't have killed Dr. Merton. Yeah, I mean, man, Dr. Merton could have been helpful. I mean, I was going to say, go talk to your mom, but <laughs> she's, she wants to. Yeah. Her mom doesn't want to talk to her. And he's also, and we don't know Shane's full history with Grams, but Bonnie, did your grandma ever mention this man? And if he is replacing her at this job, you have to imagine there's not that many occult studies people. Like you have to imagine they all kind of know each other. Yeah. Or I don't know, get Jeremy to go talk to Grams on the other side. And say, hey, you know this guy? What's his deal? Like, It's suspicious at best. Also, a white man studying the occult is suspicious on its own. What do you want that power for? Bonnie should be more suspicious. But the thing is, she's grown in her journey in witchcraft. Anyone who is a witch or seems to know witches, she intrinsically trusts. Whereas vampires, she's a little bit weirder about. I'm curious. What do you think caused Shane to get into this field of study? What do you think his goal is here? I think he is the type of person that heard about magic and reads about magic and power and wants power. Do you think he knows any witches? Like, do you think he's aligned with any witches? I don't think he does because he needs Bonnie for whatever his plan is. And he might need more than one witch, but he knows where this one witch is because he knew Grams. Now, I don't think he necessarily knew Grams in a positive way. He might think he wants to take advantage of Bonnie's lack of connection to the witch world. I think he is looking to harness that power somehow on, in his own way. He's looking for a witch who doesn't want to respect the laws of nature. Yeah. And so it's nice to know that this one was rejected by the laws of nature. He's like, great, step one is done. Now I just have to give her this other side of magic that I'm going to be really careful not to call the dark side 
because the connotation there is obviously bad. So I'm just going to call it different. And then I'll flirt with her. And if I get a kiss, I get a kiss. <laughs> and then I'll flirt with her. And I have all this fucking roofie tea in my office from, you know, all the other girls that I'm grooming. So I'm set. Don't trust him. <laughs> Don't trust him one bit. Then we go to the town square. Stefan is calling Klaus. And Klaus says, you expect me to care about hostages? Klaus is like, when have I ever cared if these people live or die? At a certain point, he's like, I do kind of want Jeremy because he can see the tattoo, but that's negotiable. This is my other thing about Stefan. He's balancing a lot here and he's doing it pretty well. Balancing Klaus is not an easy task. Yeah, the thing is, I just think like, there was no way for Stefan to do this well. He's being pulled in every direction. That's not his fault. He's doing his best. I think he does as best as he could. I think the reasons that this whole thing fails are not in Stefan's hands. We'll get there. Stefan says, well, Klaus, you really should care about the hostages because Damon does and Caroline and Tyler and Elena. And if any of them get to Connor, you wasted a trip to Italy because they're going to kill him. I can buy us some time, but Damon is getting antsy. So if you want Connor alive, you better get your hybrids on board with my plan, which is smart to get the hybrids involved because then there's a buffer. And Klaus can control the hybrids much easier than Stefan can manipulate his friends because his friends are not easy to manipulate. Yeah. And Stefan's not the best at manipulating either because he wants to be a nice person. So he needs some other people in his corner to push this so it doesn't look like he's working with Klaus. Yeah. So he can be like, my hands are tied. And Elena from a window there in Alaric's apartment, she looks down and she can see Stefan hang up the phone. And she's like, who is he talking to? Everyone he knows is here. Yeah. She's like, why is he on the phone down there? Which like, Stefan should have hidden where you were talking on the phone. I think he assumed they would trust him. Well, I also think Elena being like, oh, Stefan's on the phone without me. Girl, so? Yeah. There's plenty of times when they don't keep up completely, but Elena is, again, looking for a crack because it would be easier to find a crack than to admit that she doesn't trust him anymore. That's part of it. I also think she's like, why are we not just running in and getting Jeremy? Because- She's not thinking it through because everything's heightened and she's made it clear she'll do anything to save Jeremy. So she's like, who does he have to call? She's like, we're up here. Because Elena is so used to her decision being prioritized by Stefan that the fact that he's not doing it is like a personal attack. Yeah, the fact that he's on the phone, she's like, what the fuck? Like, girl, Jeremy's not the only person in danger. But of course, she's like, if Jeremy dies, then I'm going to freak out. And so everyone should be bending over backwards for me. Girl, you're a vampire now. Get it together. I think also Elena is a little bit at fault here because she has not told everyone, like, look, if Jeremy dies, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I think they can. (laughs) I think they can get that. I mean, I think they can figure it out, you know, but I think she's in this place where she's like, I can't let Jeremy die because if Jeremy dies, like, I'm going, uh, I'm not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of clear, but it is like she's like a little more volatile than they're used to her being. She's always been pretty volatile, to be completely honest. But right now she's losing it a little bit. When Elena was human, she was often making decisions that made sense. She was the type of person that she's like, I'm trusting Elijah because X, Y, and Z. Like she, again, was making measured decisions, much like Stefan. But now with her emotions being heightened and her being so afraid of Jeremy getting hurt, she's not making measured decisions. Yeah. And so she's like, why is no one respecting this decision? Because you're not thinking logically. Yeah. Because your emotions are heightened. And she says, I fucking know that. Well, and she's also like used to being the one where if she goes in a room with some villains, she's very unlikely to get killed. For a long time, villains have wanted her alive, you know? And so she's kind of like, I'll just go in and fix it. And it's like, you can't do that with everyone. 
Like that was kind of a lucky situation. And like, yeah, he doesn't know you a vampire, but it's not going to take him long to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And she's used to being the one who everyone kind of like plans their plan around what Elena wants. And right now, no one's really focused on that. Damon's planning a plan based on what Damon wants. Stefan's planning a plan based on what Klaus wants. Tyler's just vibing. Anyway, so Elena's freaking out. Elena asks Damon who Stefan is talking to. And Damon says, I don't know, Bonnie, hopefully. Maybe she decided to be useful again. And then Damon lays out a blueprint of the tunnels. And Elena says, what's this? And Damon says, this is our way in, courtesy of Alaric Saltzman's interest in the Mystic Falls Underground Railroad. Thank you, Alaric, helping from beyond. Yeah. Once again, Alaric, most useful member of the team, even though he is dead. Yeah. Elena says, oh, tunnels like the Lockwood Cellar. So we know that there's tunnels under the Lockwood Cellar. We now know that these tunnels run pretty much all the way under town. This is also kind of where the tomb was from the church fire. It's all connected. These tunnels are all under town. And then Elena gets a call from Stefan and she says, what's up? And he says, I can only make out the voices in the grill, but here's the gag. It is Matt and April Young, the hostages. So bad news. So multiple people you're worried about. Damon calls Matt and April danger magnets, which yes, they are. Yeah, fair read. Matt's the only human left, really. I mean, Jeremy, yes, but he's a little bit on the edge. So of course, Matt's going to get kidnapped every fucking time. Yeah. And April's just new to it. And she's not handling it well. Matt's pretty used to being kidnapped by now. Matt's like, at least I don't have to work today. (laughs) Elena says, oh, I want them out of there. And Stefan says, no shit. And Seven says, yeah, I'm going to need a little bit more time. Damon says, TikTok. And Stefan says, okay, I could do without the color commentary. (laughs) Stefan's like, I'm doing my fucking best. Stefan's like, you two are not easy to manage. And also, Connor has told them the hostages will die at sundown. He has no reason to kill them before a vampire comes in. Like, they're not in immediate danger in there. Yeah, he just wants them there so the vampires will come in so he can kill them. You do have time. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if Stefan takes an hour. Connor has no desire to kill Matt and April, but Elena can't see that. Yeah. So Stefan hangs up on Damon, or Damon hangs up on Stefan. That phone call ends. And Elena says, okay, well, I'm going in the tunnels. And Damon says, no, you're not. Connor doesn't know you're a vampire, so let's keep it that way. And she says, that's it. I know what will fix this. I can offer myself as a trade for the hostages. And Damon says, no. The best case scenario in that case would be you being a hostage. She's like, no, the best case scenario in that case is I die. The worst case scenario, Damon says, is he figures it out and kills you on the spot. And Elena says, I cannot express to you how much I am craving the sweet release of death. She's like, that honestly sounds like a good deal to me. She says, win-win. And she says, you know, stop treating me like I can't handle myself. Now, Miss Mama, you've been crying for two straight weeks. It's fair to treat you that way. Yeah, pardon me. She says, Alaric trained me and I've been practicing with Stefan. And Damon says, he's a professional killer. And so he grabs a crossbow and says, bang, you're dead. And like aims it at her. And then he says, now what? And she grabs the crossbow, tackles him on the bed, straddles him, queen, Freudian. She says, she says, headshot's no good. Has to be the heart. Now you're dead. And he laughs because he is turned on. I'm kind of obsessed with this too, because this is like the equivalent of when you're like playing like cowboys with your friend when you're little and you're like, I shot you. And it's like, well, I have a potion because you act to life. So I'm not dead. It's like, how do you know he shot you in the head? Like, yeah, I shot you. Actually, you shot me in the arm. It's like he was kind of aiming at her heart. So 
I think it's a little revisionist. I think it's funny, but obviously her point gets made. And also Miss Elena, she wants to straddle him on the bed. Like, because she is inventing ways that she can straddle him that are not, you know, the normal ways to straddle a person. And she's mad at Stefan right now. So she's like, you know what? Maybe I will fuck his brother. (laughs) Since he's going to be taking phone calls. At this point, he deserves it. Since I saw him on the phone for two seconds. Since he's talking to some slut out there. (laughs) (laughs) Since his phone's ringing off the hook, maybe I will fuck his brother. Maybe I will. And then I'll die. (laughs) Sounds like a good day to me. And he says, you know, for someone who doesn't want to be like me, you sure are good at it. And she's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Un- unrelated. Um, I guess I don't like being horny either. <laughs> she says, my brother is the only thing holding me together right now. <laughs> no, duh. And Damon's like, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even holding it together that well. It's tenuous. Damon says, I promise we'll get him out. Again, I just feel like I understand Elena being emotional. Yeah. Stefan and Damon objectively should be able to look at it and be like, Jeremy's not really in danger, especially because they know about the tattoo. Well, they can't be that objective because they're obsessed with Elena. But yeah, they should kind of let it go. And I really thought, I thought this episode was going to go with one of these bitches killing Jeremy really quick in front of Connor just to shake him up because Jeremy's got his ring on. Yeah, exactly. I thought that would have been a good plan, but no one listens to me. So then we go over to the grill april is crying and she's like oh my god he's clearly delusional like all this talk about vampires you mentioned my dad matt says yeah it's totally crazy he's a nut job i don't let him get in your head matt's like i don't really have time to deal with the crying right now honestly matt's like yeah 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 anyway can you keep it down over there april says what if he knows something like about my dad jeremy did he say anything to you about why he's doing this and jeremy says i don't know maybe maybe i can't remember maybe i got fucking compelled yesterday and Matt says, let it go. And April's like sobbing and they're like having their own like conversation. Jeremy and Matt, again, it's not their first time being held captive. They have her full tuned out. They're like, I'm not fucking interested. <laughs> so then Jeremy decides to approach Connor, get to the bottom of this and says, hey, you said we had a conversation yesterday. And Connor says, yeah. And Jeremy says, well, what about? And Connor says, we'll get into it. First, take a look at my handiwork. Take some tips from the hunter's trade. He, above all else, wants Jeremy to like him. Yeah, it's like, boy, Jeremy has sided with the vampires before. Yeah, every single time. Maybe let him go. But he shows him anyway. He says, here's some fluid, which I derived from werewolf toxin. Thank you very much. If they trip the wire, the bomb goes off, and these nails will deliver a lethal dose to the bloodstream. Yeah, so you get a whole bunch of werewolf venom in a bunch of different wounds. So it's effective. Sadistic, but effective. Gotta give it to Connor. Yeah. Jeremy says... What's the point? What do you get from this? Point's pretty clear. Kill vampires. Connor says, you know, I used to think there was no get that I was just supposed to do. Kill vampires. But the Merc holds the answer to why I am the way I am. The more I kill, the more it grows. And once it's complete, I'll know my story and this will have meant something. Now, what do you make of that? Because from what we understand, once the Merc is complete, it's a map to a cure. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is a part of it that is more meaningful for a hunter. I think there is a level of like family tree and like, how did I end up this way? And I think there's a reason that he's still reaching out to Jeremy as a potential hunter. He sees that Jeremy will probably be on this path at some point. And I think, you know, we get a little peek at this later that part of the tattoo is relevant to who he killed, which it may be him being delusional, wanting this to be tied up with a nice bow of him. Like, why am I killing 
all these people. Like there has to be a reason. There has to be. There has to be a greater purpose or else I'm just killing a bunch of people. Yeah. Which like, it's hard to say. You also were in the army. Yeah. You also were in the army. So. So I think you just like killing people. Maybe that's a whole nother thing. But so I think there is a potential that it is some sort of family tree or that he's just been told that, that there is some connection that it has. Because if, you know, Shane came to him and said, your tattoo will lead to a cure. That wouldn't justify it enough to Connor. He would be like, well, I don't need a cure. Unless he had someone who he wanted to cure, you know, which he, I don't think does because he killed the one person who he could have wanted a cure for. So I think it might be a lie to him, but I think he thinks that this is something that will kind of tell him about his past. Yeah. Where he came from. Maybe he's an orphan or something and he wants some background. And we know Shane is, um, he's purposefully vague. Yeah, he's being very vague with Bonnie. And so we can assume with Connor that basically he's probably said something to Connor like, oh, you know, that Merc leads to so many answers. And Connor's like, oh, my God, it's about me. And Shane's like, now, I never said that. Now, that I did not specify that I did not promise to you. Connor tells Matt in April, like, hey, go to the back. I'm expecting some visitors soon. And BTW don't even like bother checking the exits because I rigged every door. And they do go to the back. They're like, okay, deal. You're not going to hear any lip from us. Yeah, Matt's like, I'm good. I'm listening. I'm here. He said, I'll go sit in the walk-in. I have no problem, okay? (laughs) He said, I'm an easy hostage, okay? I'll hang out in the walk-in, have a couple snacks. Matt's like, I will be a model hostage. I will promise you that. Then we go over to Lark's apartment. Elena continues to look at the grill. And Damon says, okay, Stefan's on his way. This will be over soon. And Elena says, will it? (laughs) (laughs) because we've been here before with jeremy isn't this why we sent him to denver yeah and then you brought him back damon says look maybe after this we'll compel him to the bahamas and he can find an island girl that's what he should do but he won't stefan enters and he says you guys find the tunnel map and damon says yep we got it it was in his weapons drawer with all his weapons in vervain and damon has a picture of it on his at&t phone and damon says all right let's go And Stefan says, not yet. Klaus is going to send one of his hybrids. He'll take the front and we'll take the tunnels. And Damon says, since when do we team up with Klaus in the lollipop guild? First of all, all the time. We've teamed up with Klaus a number of times before, Damon. And also, it is smart to send a hybrid in first. Again, even if there's no werewolf blood, do you really want to be the front line? Like, he's probably going to be successful killing at least one. So let's make it a hybrid. Stefan says, Connor has werewolf venom. We need someone to draw his fire. And since hybrids are immune, they're our best bet. This, I will concede, is a little bit of a mistake of Stefan's. Yeah. He's too sure in this moment that there's werewolf venom. He should say, we need to operate under the assumption that he has werewolf venom. We should send a hybrid in first. He says it too confidently. And I think this wouldn't have been as damning if he didn't drop the hybrid team up right at the same time. Because yeah, it's smart to use a hybrid. And I get that time is limited, but this is the kind of thing that you have to kind of make them come to on their own rather than saying like, I've got a hybrid. Like you need to have them be like, you know, what could we do to test werewolf venom? Oh, hybrids are immune. I wonder if Klaus has hybrids that we could send in. Or it would have even been better if Stefan was like, Tyler got some of his hybrids involved because Tyler said he called his hybrids. If it came from Tyler and not Klaus, Elena and Damon would probably have been like, oh, great. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, I think Stefan is kind of like, I got to get the hybrid in first. This I will concede is Stefan's mistake. I mean, he's losing track of it. It's not entirely his fault. Yeah. He's trying to wrangle Klaus, Damon, and Elena. 
they are not easy people to wrangle. They all go rogue. Every single one will go rogue. Every single one will take things personally and every single one thinks that they know best. It's a dangerous game. And even though Klaus is in Italy. (laughs) Yeah, somehow Klaus isn't here and he's making this difficult. And then Damon says, how are you so sure he has werewolf venom and why is Klaus involved? Again, those are the two issues that Stefan said, but he is rushing through it. And Stefan, I think, does the best thing he can here. He says, stop being paranoid, Damon. Tries to belittle it. Of course, Damon doesn't accept that. Yeah, you got to gaslight him a little harder. Gaslighter! Yeah, Damon says, start telling the truth, Stefan. Why is Klaus involved? Did he compel you? And Stefan says, I am telling the truth. This is the best way to get everyone out. And see, this is like the second that Damon gets that, like, is he compelled question? Like, you've lost track of it. Because now Damon's like, well, if he's compelled, he wouldn't be able to tell us. So Damon is letting his imagination run wild with the compulsion thing. And no matter what Stefan says, he can't convince him he's not compelled because that's exactly what someone who was compelled would say. Exactly. And this is where, like, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but this is where he has to kind of be like, look, I am working with Klaus and there's a good reason. And like, even if he wants to keep the details out, but to say like, look, yes, I'm working with Klaus. He has some information about Connor it would behoove us to keep him alive. Like, I know that this is asking a lot. But you need to trust me. I need you to understand that, like, I'm doing this for us. But he is still, like, hoping he can keep this hidden. But unfortunately, Damon has already taken a piece of something to attach to and go a little crazy. Yeah, once the compulsion aspect gets introduced, he can no longer go back and say, okay, cards on the table. Klaus needs Connor alive. I can't tell you why. He can't just say, no, trust me. Because that's like, well, of course you want me to trust you if you're being compelled. I don't think he thought he had to like convince him he wasn't compelled, you know? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Damon has now latched onto that. And because Elena is, what's the word? Losing it, spiraling. Yeah, she's ready to hop on any drama rather than say, no, why would Stefan be compelled? It's just expecting a lot of trust to have all these balls in the air and hope they fall in the right place. I think it's not asking much for him to go to... Damon and Elena and be like, trust me, this plan makes the most sense. Because on paper, this plan makes the most sense. I think the issue is that like, you know, whether their plan earlier would have worked or not, they felt that they had a plan that would solve this. And now Stefan is slowing it down and now they're starting to doubt his intentions. So then him just saying, no, just trust me is a lot of trust to expect from them. I don't think it is. He's not even really asking them to trust him. He's asking them to trust his plan. But the thing is, they can't separate the plan from him because of the other interpersonal issues going on there. I think it's less of like, he's like, just trust me. And they think they're like, why would we trust Klaus's plan? Because to them, it seems like Klaus is driving this bus. And so I think there's just this level of like, yes, they should trust Stefan, but they're already kind of losing it. And now it feels like Klaus's plan. And so it's expecting a lot without giving other information. Sure. But also the thing is, is like, even if it is Klaus's plan, I get that they don't trust Klaus, but Klaus has been pretty squarely on their side, even going so far as to save Elena from a werewolf fight. So even if it is Klaus's plan, what's the problem with it being Klaus's plan? This is a whole nother issue is they should trust Klaus to know best on this. And honestly, like if I think if Stefan had led earlier today of like Klaus knows something about Connor, he knows this information 
like we kind of have to trust that there's some good reason for it like I think he could have pushed it and kind of built up Klaus a little better because now it feels like oh Klaus is involved like it's a betrayal but I think if he had built up Klaus from the beginning Damon would have got to the compulsion assumption yeah, sooner. so I think honestly the way he could have best avoided this was tie the hybrids to Tyler yeah I think that's don't even move. mention that Klaus is involved they're just now being like oh all of a sudden he's secretly working with Klaus he can't really bounce back from that. And then Elena's like, okay, what is with you guys? We're wasting time. And Damon says, screw your plan. I'm killing Connor myself. And then this is where Stefan really starts to lose track of it because he knocks Damon out with Vivain. Yeah. And look, that was the right call because he needed to neutralize the wild card. But unfortunately, this only makes him look more compelled. The problem is what he should have done is knock them both out and separate them. Yeah. Honestly, tie Damon and Elena to different parts of the apartment and take both their daylight rings. Because look, Damon's a wild card and you have to neutralize him. I get it. Elena has always been a wild card. And yes, it's been less aggressive because she wasn't killing people before, but the bitch goes wherever she wants. That has never been an issue for her. But he thinks, and I get why he thinks this, because again, I don't think it's a lot to ask for Stefan to ask his girlfriend to trust him, but she's separating herself from him in a way she hasn't made clear to him. So based on the relationship as he sees it, he thinks Elena trusts him. Yeah. So he thinks this should work, but Elena doesn't really trust him. And it's not any fault of Stefan's. It's Elena wanting to fuck his brother. Stefan is assuming that Elena will trust him because she will often take his side over Damon's. But unfortunately today, her and Damon have been together all day being like, why can't we go in? Why can't we go in? Mm -hmm. And so they've unfortunately gotten attached to it. She's already attached to like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to save Jeremy in a way that like, I don't think Stefan anticipated, not that he didn't expect her to want to save Jeremy, but I think he thought that she would be a little more mild mannered than this Mm -hmm. because she usually is, but everything's heightened. (laughs) Well, Stefan also does a pretty good job here. Even after he knocks out Damon, I do think he should have knocked out Elena, but he does a pretty good job handling it. Elena asks why, Stefan knocked him out and Stefan says, Damon had the right idea with the tunnels, but I'm not going to go in there if I can't count on him to do it my way. And he uses a fun little feature on the AT&T phone to beam the photos of the tunnel to himself. It says beam. (laughs) She says, oh, you can't count on him. You've revained him. And Stefan says, do you think he cares about April and Matt? He'll get Jeremy out for you, but he will go after Connor and that is dangerous for April and Matt. He's framing it as like, Damon is not the most trustworthy in these tense situations. And you know that you've seen this happen. And that Damon being a wild card, the exact effect that it will have is on the very people she wants saved. Exactly. And then Elena says, well, I want to go with you. And Stefan says, no, because what if Connor attacks you and you have to defend yourself? And what if you kill him? The guilt will wreck you. Now that's a good read, isn't it? That is a good read. I think because also he's like, don't kill him. Because of the guilt, not for any reason of mine. And that's enough for her because she says like, of course, I'm scared of that. I'm barely holding it together. She's like, and if Jeremy gets hurt, I might do something. She's like, Stefan, I cannot be more clear. I am one bad day away from killing myself. And she is scared that she will have to defend herself and end up killing him. Yeah. And she doesn't want to kill anyone. Even though... Damon has told her that the smartest thing is to kill Connor. She doesn't want to kill Connor. Not personally. Stefan says, listen to me. 
I promise this is the most important thing I have ever asked you to do. I just need you to trust me. At that moment, she nods and they kiss and she seems to agree with that. Now, should he take her daylight ring for good measure? Yes. And honestly, it makes the most sense to bring her with you and just say, you can't go upstairs, but I understand you want to be here and like be near the situation. And if something gets out of hand, maybe she can come in because leaving her in the room with Damon is not smart. He should have separated her from Damon. I think taking her to the tunnels is another issue because she is a wild card. He has to level with Connor in a way like Klaus wants you alive. You know this, whatever. He has to level with Connor in a way that Elena can't overhear. Yeah. This is a situation. You bring her halfway down to the tunnel. You handcuff her to a pipe. I'm sorry, Elena. That's what we're doing today. Honestly, what he should do is take her halfway to the tunnel and snap her neck. And he'll have to explain it when he gets up. But if he returns Connor to Klaus alive, then he can say to Klaus, I did what you asked me to do today. I have to tell Elena now. That would have been the smart move. Now, Stefan would not have done it. But yeah, that's what he should have done. But he thinks, and I think he's purposely blinding himself to this. He doesn't realize the relationship gymnastics that is happening in the love triangle. He doesn't realize the love triangle is as active as it is right now. Yeah. So he thinks like, if I tell her to trust me and she nods, she will trust me. And when Damon wakes up, she'll say, no, I trust Stefan. I think he is so overwhelmed with the amount of shit he has to do today, honestly, that he's kind of like, okay, fine. Elena, trust me. That is done. I can cross off the list. And to be fair, usually Elena does trust Stefan. Yeah. Usually that is enough. Then we go over to Tyler's house. Tyler tells a hybrid, Dean, that this guy's dangerous, highly trained. And Dean's like, I can handle myself. Klaus asked me personally to go deal with this. Haley watches this convo. And Caroline enters and runs into Haley. And they're like, who are you? Yeah, because Caroline's like, who's this hot girl hanging out at Tyler's house? This is not something that should be happening. Yeah, and Haley says, who's this hot girl hanging out at Tyler's house? Yeah. Caroline says, I'm Caroline. And Haley says, oh, you're Tyler's girl. He told me about you. I'm Haley. And Caroline's like, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, Caroline says, well, Haley, that's pretty crazy because I haven't heard a damn thing about you. And that's suspicious. you got to give it to her there. Haley says, I've been staying here a few days. I needed a place to crash and Ty's a buddy. And Caroline says, okay, well, I know all of Ty's buddies and I haven't heard of you, so let's cut the crap. Yeah, she's like, no, we're not fucking playing this game. And then Haley says, I don't do teen drama, bitch. You are doing teen drama. Haley, even though later we find out she and Tyler haven't hooked up, it's pretty clear she wants to. They didn't not hook up because of Haley. Yeah. You know, she's giving pick me. I know she saw Caroline and she was like, ew. Blonde. Trying so hard. Girl, you have the same amount of makeup on. Yeah, girl, you are wearing a baby doll dress, okay? I don't like her. I don't think we're supposed to. Yeah. She's really giving pick me in a way I don't appreciate. Haley's trying to steal Tyler from Caroline. Tyler's not letting it happen. So Haley's like, oh, you're being paranoid. Girl, Haley, you know what you're doing. Tyler's not letting it happen. And I'm sure... He's pretending that it's not happening because he's a fucking idiot at the end of the day. I like Tyler, but he's dumb. So Haley's like, you're being so paranoid. Like, we're just such good friends. That's so crazy that you, like, don't trust your boyfriend enough. I could never be that uncomfortable, but I guess some people just aren't as confident as me. She's like, I guess it's just because, like, I'm friends with a lot of guys. So, like, I'm kind of used to, like, you know, guys having female friends. But I know some girls get, like, really insecure about that. She's definitely giving, like, 
oh, well, I just don't like to be friends with girls because it's like so much drama. She likes that she's making Caroline a little insecure. And Caroline's not letting her get away with it. She's like, cut the fucking crap. Don't look at me like that. You did your hair today too. We both have the same curling iron. So let's not fucking pretend. She said, I recognize a fucking blowout when I see it, girl. So she walks away. She's like, I don't do teen drama. Take it up with Ty. Ty. Oh, she knows what she's doing. So bitchy. Bitch, bitch, bitch. And she goes up to Dean and she's like, Dean, you don't have to do this. Dean, this isn't you. She also does this thing with her voice where she's like, hi, I can't even do it. Her accent peeking through. Yes, I think it's that she's Australian and she doesn't have the American accent down. She says, Dean, you have to do this. And Dean says, you know, stay out of this. I'm going. Tyler says, it's suicide. Klaus told you to take Connor alone and use non-lethal force. What the fuck is that? Now, Tyler, maybe you want to talk to Elena. Maybe you guys could figure things out if you talk to each other. Yeah, because that is a great question. But again, got to give it to Stefan. He separated these parties so that they couldn't talk to each other. That was a good move. Yeah, he did as good of a job as he could have. Again, it was a lot to ask of him today. Dean says, Klaus gave me an order. And Haley says, hey, that Connor guy killed Nate. And Dean says, you know, you're not a hybrid. You don't know what it's like. When Klaus asks you for something, you do it. Caroline watches this conversation because no way she's leaving this bitch alone with her boyfriend. Yeah, because she's pissed. She's like, as soon as this guy leaves, I'm fucking here too. And I'm not going. And Tyler says, hey, I'm a hybrid. I used to do everything Klaus said, but I don't anymore. And you don't have to either. And Dean says, okay, prove to me that you can stand up to Klaus then. Dean's like, yeah, let's do it then. And Caroline says, hey, Tyler, don't do that. But Tyler has to. He calls Klaus. And Klaus, meanwhile, is in Italy and the sword, they found it. Yay. And Klaus says, I hope you're not causing problems. And Tyler says, I am. (laughs) Tyler says, actually, that's why I'm calling. Tyler says, I can do whatever I want. I'm not sired to you anymore. And Klaus says, yeah, fair enough. But I do know about your little secret about your time in Appalachia. What was your friend's name? Haley? You probably prefer I keep that to myself. And we can see Caroline is eavesdropping on this. Yeah, she's reacting to it. And Tyler is silent because he knows that Caroline's eavesdropping. And even though he knows it's a lie, he's like, I am going to have to deal with this. Even if Klaus hadn't said this, or even like he barely implied it. Yeah. But like... Caroline's suspicious. She's seeing what this girl is doing. Yeah. Tyler doesn't answer. And then Klaus says, sorry, are you going to answer or should I assume you're back to being, how'd you phrase it? My little bitch? He's like, why are you bothering me? Go do my fucking work. And Tyler hangs up and tells Dean, like, do what you want. And he like walks away. And Haley's like, that's it? You're just going to back down? And she follows him out. And Tyler says, yup. She says, yep, sure am. Sure am. (laughs) Then we go over to the grill. The grill phone gets a call and Connor picks it up and says, we're closed. Can you imagine if it was someone like, oh, um, what time do you guys open today? You have any reservations for five? You guys still make those chili cheese fries? What's the soup of the day? I don't want to come all the way out there if it's split pea. (laughs) But no, it's Stefan. (laughs) He says, free the hostages. And Connor says, yeah, I will. Once I get you and everyone like you killed. And Stefan says, oh, what? So your hunter's mark can grow? (laughs) Stefan nails him on this one. And Connor said, (laughs) me. Stefan says, yeah, I know all about that, what it means and what you are. So you free the hostages and we can have a chat about the Brotherhood of the Five. Connor is immediately affected by this. He did not think Stefan knew everything. Stefan knows so much more than Connor does, but Connor does attempt to bluff. He's trying, yeah. He says, that's a weak move. You must be desperate. And Stefan says, okay, think about it. Klaus saved your life. He needs you alive. Aren't you the least bit curious why? And Connor is curious why, but he doesn't want to admit that. So instead he angrily breaks the phone. I think he made his point. He broke two phones today. 
keep this guy away from the AT&T store. <laughs> then we go like to the back of where Matt and April are hanging out. Matt is like moving stuff around on the shelves and April is crying some more. Yeah, she's just sitting freaking out. Matt's actually, you know, making himself useful. April's like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to tell me all these scary stories about vampires. And Matt's like, yeah, they're just stories. Shut up. That's like, yeah, I'm sure he fucking did. And, you know, he's like moving the shelf. He's breaking the vent open. And April says, they're not stories to that man out there. There's just something so familiar about him. Matt's like, yeah, the situation's pretty messed up. Yeah, Matt's like, yeah, today's not the best. Anyway. (laughs) He says, look, the last thing you want to do is buy into that guy's craziness. You're going to be fine. We're getting out of here. And then he shows her there's a like a hole in the wall and he's like there used to be an exit through the old wine cellar and then he looks realizes it's been bricked over and he's like oh and april says so that's it then we're screwed it's like okay well with that fucking attitude like god can you be helpful at all i know you're having an emotional day pull it together well and this is the kind of thing of like a lot of these hunters do this where they're like vampires are evil but then people like april who i think you could convince to become a hunter you're making her way more scared of you first. Yeah. You're setting her up to like vampires, buddy. He's misogynistic. He doesn't want a girl. Yeah, that's true. Matt says, we're not screwed. And he starts like chiseling the bricks. And Stefan in the tunnel, like hears that, like, oh, interesting. He's like, oh, maybe Matt's making himself useful up there. And this is another one of Connor's flaws in this plan. You tell me you don't hear the boy chiseling back there. I know he couldn't have expected there were tunnels. But also the whole point is like, if you have hostages, like I know you like rigged every door, quote unquote. He works here. Like he might know more doors than you. And like, if you want to keep all the hostages, you should have line of sight on all of them. Don't take a hostage who is more familiar with the building than you are. Now, April, great hostage. She's just sitting there crying. She's just sitting there being scared until they save her. But he needs Matt and Jeremy because, you know, they would save April. But she's less of a concern than Matt and Jeremy. Connor doesn't understand the relationship still. And it's, you know, it's not his fault because Shane can't tell him the relationships between all these people. But I don't think he realizes how much Matt actually is involved. Yeah. Like he seems to think like Matt doesn't know that much. He knows that Jeremy knows quite a bit, but he still is like under the impression that he's teaching Jeremy stuff. He knows Jeremy knows more than he thought he did, but still like he doesn't know Elena's a vampire. Like Jeremy has at least that over him. It's like that scene from Parks and Rec when Ron Swanson goes into Home Depot and they're like, can I help you? And he goes, I know more than you. Yeah, literally. Jeremy's like, no, I know that. Like, none of this is shocking to me. Like, yeah, it's a little surprising that you were able to distill werewolf toxin and built bombs with nails. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I'm also not insane. Mm -hmm. Like, a steak works. So then we go outside the grill. Dean is approaching and he's on Bluetooth with Klaus. And he says, there's no sign of anyone. And Klaus says, yeah, Stefan's coming from the tunnels from the other side. He's going to free the hostages. Your job is to get Connor out alive and use caution because he loves booby traps and ambushes. And Dean's like, deal. So Klaus did warn him. Inside, Jeremy is watching Connor, you know, prep his weapons. And Connor says, you know, you may be a potential hunter, but if you make one move, I'll break all 27 bones in your hand. And Jeremy says, there are 27? (laughs) Jeremy says, that's a good fact. Jeremy says, you know, they're not all bad vampires. Some are my friends. And Connor says, yeah, I had a friend like that once. She was turned by a vampire I was hunting because he thought it would be ironic. And I was like, who was it, Damon? (laughs) So Damon moved to a T. Jeremy asks what happened. And Connor says, I didn't want to hurt her. She promised she'd keep it under control. But a vampire is like a loaded gun. 
Eventually, it'll go off. That's when I got this. And he points to the part of the tattoo with a woman on it. So we've already talked about that. You think that represents the girl he killed. Yeah. Do you think some of these hunters, we didn't get a super great look at Alexander's tattoo, but we saw it a little bit. Do you think everyone's tattoo is slightly different? Or do you think there's like archetypes for each of the five? I do think there's probably some variation, but I think there's also potential that the reason she's on there is that she was like more of an emotional kill. I think when you think about hunters, each hunter starts out like all vampires are bad. You meet a couple vampires, you don't kill them right away. You might get some doubts in that. You know, we saw that with Alaric and that ended up with him not really being the same kind of hunter. Whereas it could be like that the five, the whole point is like, maybe there are types of kills that you need to complete to get to a tattoo. Like, yes, you need Mm. a vampire killed, but maybe it's like you need to have that strength to kill a vampire, even if it's someone you care about. Maybe that helps build the tattoo in a different way. Something like that. Sure. And then Jeremy says, you killed your own friend. (laughs) Yeah, Jeremy uh, did not agree with the moral of that story. Yeah. Connor says, if you're going to be like me, you need to understand. Vampires kill humans. Hunters kill vampires. And Jeremy's like, when did I say I wanted to be like you? He's like, I don't want to kill my friend. He's like, you're going off very faulty logic. He's like, look, I'm not a fan of Stefan and Damon, but I don't want to kill him. Mostly because I don't know if you've met my sister, Elena. She's not doing so great. I don't really need to kill her boyfriend, her boyfriend or her next boyfriend. And then a door moves. Connor says, we got company. And then he starts blasting some music that has like tick, tick, tick in it. So he's trying to be cutesy. I'm probably trying to offset like, kind of put you off balance they can't hear him moving around yeah they duck behind the bar connor and jeremy as dean comes in dean spots a tripwire and he says fool he's like i got it because he can see the little bomb he can see the tripwire he's like okay i wasn't born yesterday and then he steps over the tripwire onto a mat and then we can see under the mat it lights up and after he steps off the mat bomb explodes yeah so it's like a landmine pressure sensor yes Matt and April hear the explosion get triggered. And April's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) He was like, this day just got worse. But luckily, right at that time, Stefan has arrived and has come through the bricks to get them out. And they're lucky because with the music blasting, Connor doesn't know that they're escaping. Yeah. Outside in the dining room, Dean like gets up. He's covered in nails and glass, but he's not dead because he's a hybrid. So the werewolf toxin, you know, isn't going to hurt him. But Connor has another weapon, which is like a gun. And we can see it has like a claw on it and he shoots. And then we can see after Dean has been shot that basically there's like a hole front to back where his heart is. That basically he just literally shot that entire area of his body out of him. Yeah. It's cartoonish almost. No spine, no ribs. Everything's gone. And he dies. Can't really come back from that one. In the tunnels, Stefan shows the map to Matt and April. And he says, follow this map. It'll get you out of here. And then Stefan turns to Matt and says, take her to Caroline so she can, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very clear. Get this uh, compelled out of her. And April doesn't seem to like clock anything about that comment. It's like, girl, pay attention. I think she's just excited to leave, honestly. I think she's gotten a lot of information thrown at her today. She's thinking about her dead dad. Like, I think she's just happy to be out of here. Yeah, she's like, I can't listen to everything these people say. She's like, I hope I get to go see my friend Rebecca right now. I can't wait to tell Rebecca about this. (laughs) And Matt says, by the way, Stefan, he is armed. So if you go out there, he'll probably kill Jeremy. And Stefan says, no one's killing anyone. (laughs) We'll see. So they leave. And in the grill, 
Jeremy watches as Connor's murk grows since he just killed Dean. And it grows the little star symbol that we saw on the wall of Shane's office. Then Connor spots Stefan coming in and he uses Jeremy as a shield and shoots at Stefan. Stefan dodges all the shots because he's a king like that. And Stefan says, Connor, you don't have to do this. But Jeremy says, hey, Stefan, because in the hubbub, Connor has placed Jeremy on another one of the mats. So basically, if Jeremy moves from this mat, the bomb is off. Werewolf venom or not, the bomb would likely kill Jeremy. The werewolf venom is an issue, but the nails would also be bad for a human. There's a question there if that's a supernatural death. Does that count as Connor killing him? Or if Jeremy's the one who steps off the mat, does it count as Jeremy killing him? And if Jeremy's a potential hunter, does that make him supernatural? Yeah. I was thinking at this point, the best call was for Stefan to shoot Jeremy. Then it's supernatural. And though the bomb would then put his body through quite a bit of problems, he would supposedly still come back. Or at least like if Stefan could like snap Jeremy's neck and then hug him and run him off the mat really quick, he could avoid most of the bomb. Exactly. Then we go back over to Alaric's apartment briefly. Elena is calling Stefan. I don't know why she thinks he's going to pick up the phone. She says, hey, Stefan, you need to call me back because I heard an explosion at the grill and I need to know what's happening. Now that trust of Stefan is faltering. And just in time, Damon wakes up and she says, hey, can you get up? And Damon's like, I'm going to kill Stefan. But then he peeks into the sunlight and it burns a little bit. And Elena's like, why would he take your daylight ring again? Stefan, you should not have let Elena be here when Damon woke up. Because all this does is like, why would he not want you to come in there? It's like, there's already this run of suspicion through them, which you can argue is unfair, but it's already there. And so then him taking the ring feels like suspicious. And he did explain to Elena why he didn't want Damon in there. So- She's like, why would he take the ring? Because if I'm supposed to trust him and I know why he's not supposed to go in there, the ring feels like overkill. Exactly. And this is why they should have been separated. Yeah, this is why he should have brought it under the tunnel and snapped her neck. But But we're past that. (laughs) And Damon has, you know, really dug into this theory because how could he have not? He says, he's playing us. All the stalling, getting hybrids, taking my ring, add it up. He either made a deal with Klaus or is compelled. And actually, he is right here. He did make a deal with Klaus. They're all leaning on the compulsion thing because they're like, what would Klaus have that would justify this behavior? And they don't think long enough to get anywhere with it. Because to their credit, it would be a jump to come up with what he has, you know? Sure. Honestly, if they thought he made a deal, they would be willing to be like, well, we have to trust this deal. But I think they're convinced he's compelled at this point. And again, they're both very impulsive right now. So this is a tall order for them. Damon, I want you to use your little noggin, okay? Because he knows Stefan. They know Stefan is on their side, that his humanity's on. He's with them. Why would he make a deal with Klaus? Don't you think he might have a good reason? I think they're honestly just at this point, like, well, he could have made a deal, but that's crazy. He must be compelled. Yeah. And I also just think it's because emotions are so high. They know it's a hostage situation going on. Elena knows there was just an explosion They're not taking the time to be like, Mm -hmm. well, no, Stefan would have a reason. She says, I need to get in there. And Damon says, no, this guy is dangerous. And she says, so am I. So then Damon says, then you need to be smart. He doesn't know you're a vampire. Get as close as you can and kill him. To their credit, this seems like a good idea. Except for the fact that Elena doesn't want to kill anyone. She seems to agree to this because, you know, she's driven by her wanting to save Jeremy. I think at this point, 
in her mind, she's like, I want to kill him. I'm so angry. This has gone too long. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't want to kill someone, but her emotions are taking over right now. I think Damon honestly is like, yeah, I know the guilt will be bad, but like she'll get past it. Damon's not as like pushy of like she can't kill anyone as Stefan is. Well, and she seems to have this trust of Damon that she hasn't always had, that she seems to be like, he's right. I'll get that close and kill him. Then we go inside the grill. Stefan is hiding and he's talking to Connor and he says, hey, Connor, we can end this right now. Just put the gun down and come with me. And Connor says, come on out and I'll put the gun down. Well, that's not a good deal. Like, (laughs) obviously you had to try that. I don't blame you for it, but I'm not falling for it. (laughs) Stefan says, think about this. No one has to die and I'll tell you everything you need to know. And this is a very compelling deal to Connor, but he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. So he says, I don't make deals with vampires. And Stefan's like, well, you should because this is the best one you're going to fucking get. Stefan says, listen, if you die right now, then all that killing you've done will be for nothing. I can tell you the truth. Just put the gun down and let Jeremy go. Connor doesn't want this to be for nothing. He's made that clear. He wants this to have meaning. And outside Elena eavesdrops. And the irony of this is I think Stefan might have been about to get Connor on his side. Yeah. But then Elena decides to come in and do her little plan. Yeah, I think Stefan could have gotten this to work. But Elena's like, I got to get Jeremy out of there. And it's like, Give a second. He should have taken her daylight ring. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Elena comes in and she says, please don't hurt him. And Connor says, you come any closer? And he's dead. Like, uh, it's hostages, baby. And Jeremy says, hey, Elena, just get out of here. Elena says, please, he's the only family I have left. Just let him go. And Connor says to Stefan, because now Connor's like, oh, now I have the upper hand on Stefan. Even though Stefan was just about to gain it, now Connor's got it back. Yeah. He says, hey, Stefan, you hear that? Your girl's watching. I will shoot this boy in front of her on the count of three. He says one, two, and then Stefan stands up. And you can tell Connor's like getting ready to shoot Stefan. But Elena starts moving quickly and tackles him. But this doesn't stop him from shooting. In fact, it actually aims the bullet at Jeremy's stomach. Not her best work. Well, he didn't shoot Jeremy with the death shot. It all ends up working. So Jeremy gets shot. Elena holds Connor down and Stefan grabs Jeremy off the mat while the distraction happens. But then it triggers an explosion, which of course distracts Elena. She's trying to kill Connor, but she decided strangling was the way to go. Interesting choice. (laughs) Way too personal. Girl, (laughs) why are you not biting? But yeah, the explosion distracts Elena long enough for Connor to get an opening to tackle her and get a stake ready. But then Stefan's able, because he's gotten Jeremy away, to knock Connor off and grab him and run away. And then Elena wakes up and Stefan and Connor are gone. And Jeremy's, you know, got his wound behind the bar. Yeah. And she's like, why did he take him out of here? She's not quite sure why Stefan didn't just kill him. Yeah. But she also doesn't know where they are. So she's like, maybe he did kill him. She like doesn't know what's going on. I mean, she's a little overwhelmed because she was just like strangling a man with her bare hands, which I don't think she thought was going to happen today. And she thought maybe her brother exploded. She's going through a lot, as always. I don't think it's going to be easier anytime soon. So she gives Jeremy some blood to heal him. And then she looks at the blood on his shirt and her veins come out. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeremy says, oh, it's fine. It's okay. You don't have to hide it. I know you won't hurt me. And Elena says, why did Connor come after you? And he says, oh, he said I was like him because I saw his tattoo. And she says, tattoo? And she's like, what? And he said, the Hunter's America is invisible to everyone but me. He's like, you don't know about this? He's like, did David and Stefan not tell you this? Because this is old news at this point. He's like, Matt knows about this pretty much. And so this freaks her out even more because she's like, what the fuck? That's another thing I don't know. Why are they keeping secrets from me? 
again, Elena's used to being the center. So she's like, why do I not know everything? And this is Damon and Stefan keeping a secret. So she's concerned about Damon keeping a secret too. But since she's already suspicious of Stefan today, this is like the nail in the coffin. Because also Damon keeping a secret from her is not really like that odd. Like he does do that. He's not her boyfriend. Yeah. But Stefan keeping another secret, she's like, what? But I also think she's looking for red flags on Stefan right now because of how this day is gone. Yeah. She's looking for dishonesty from Stefan. So she's latching onto all of it. Whereas like dishonesty from Damon, she's willing to excuse because of other extenuating circumstances. She's holding Stefan to a higher standard than she's holding Damon to right now. And so this is kind of like a nail in a coffin that it wouldn't have been for Damon. Yeah, she's expecting him to tell her everything. And I think she had no reason to think that wasn't what he was doing. And then today there have been a couple like odd remarks and odd moments that Damon has noticed and she's noticed that now it's like anything kind of questionable. She's like, what is going on? It got away from him at the end of the day. It sure did. Elena says, who else knows about this tattoo? And Jeremy says, well, the thing is like, I don't even really know. Apparently I was with Connor all day yesterday, but someone compelled me. And Elena says, I think I know who. It doesn't take a leap to assume it's Stefan, not only because of the distrust, but because when she got home yesterday, Stefan and Jeremy were just hanging out. So then we go into the caves where Stefan is leading Connor, you know, hopefully to Klaus's house, but they run into Damon. And Damon says, good work, brother. And Stefan tries to be like, it's over. We won. I have him. Didn't I do good? (laughs) Yeah, trying to be like, look, we did it and no one died. Isn't this great? Which I think Stefan knows won't work, but he has to give it a shot. Well, because he doesn't want to have to be like, don't kill him down here. Like he wants to still keep some level of distance from it. Especially because he kind of didn't expect to run into pushback from Damon at this point because he thought the daylight ring was going to handicap him enough. Yeah, he didn't think he'd be seeing Damon down here. But no, Damon says he went through a boiler room basement and a septic tank to get into these tunnels. But he says, but it'll be worth it. So he's covered in poop. Yeah, he doesn't look like it, but we have to assume. Stefan says, okay, here's the thing. I'm taking Connor with me. And Damon says, no, here's the thing. No, you're not. I don't know what you're up to or what Klaus has over you. But even if I have to go through you, I'll kill him. And Stefan says, I am begging you to back off. And Damon says, why? Because Klaus wants him alive. Stefan's in a tricky place because he doesn't want to reveal too much to Connor right now, because if he reveals too much to Connor, Connor will kill them both. Mm -hmm. But Stefan says, this has nothing to do with Klaus. You have to trust me on that. This is my thing is like, it does have something to do with Klaus and he can't deny that Klaus has already been brought into the conversation. He should say it has something to do with Klaus. The truth at the end of the day though, is that it doesn't really have anything to do with Klaus. Yeah. I think at this point, I know Damon's mad and he wants him dead, but at this point, The hostages are free. They have Connor. If Stefan is saying to Damon, I need you to trust me at this point, Damon doesn't lose anything trusting Stefan except the opportunity to kill Connor. And I think he should trust Stefan over that impulse. I think he should, but he's feeling this impulse where he feels betrayed and like there's some secret being kept. And even though at the end of the day, this really doesn't have that much to do with Klaus and Stefan is telling him that. Damon doesn't feel like he can trust that right now because again, Damon has like convinced himself that Stefan is compelled. Yeah. And yeah, Damon is operating on faulty conclusions, but he's also been like feeling like he's being lied to all day. And so honestly, it's just like at this point, and I I think Stefan is fair to expect trust from them, 
because he hasn't seen how they've really reacted to all of this. But at this point, it's a lot of trust that he would need from Damon in the mindset Damon's Mm -hmm. in, whether it's correct or not. It's asking more than I think Stefan realizes it's asking. And also in a trio, as we know, this is a theater degree tidbit. In a trio, it's always a pair and an odd one out. Yeah. And I think for a long time, Stefan was always closer with Elena and closer with Damon than they were with each other. So he was never the on one out. He was in one of those pairs all the time. Yeah. Of the two of them, like he always thought he was closer to Damon than Elena was and closer to Elena than Damon was. Mm -hmm. And that has kind of shifted because of the vampire transition in a way that he hasn't fully reckoned with yet because he's had other stuff going on. One also that Elena hasn't fully reckoned with because to his knowledge, Elena is like, I don't want to be like Damon. It's really hard for me, but I'm working on it. Elena has not been able to admit to herself or to anyone else that she does want to be like Damon. And so it's hard to fight that when that's what she really wants to do, but she knows it would hurt Stefan. So it's just this level of like self-awareness that Elena's lacking. She even said to Stefan before she went to Whitmore College with Damon, she was like, I would rather be doing this with you. And then when she came back from Whitmore College, she said, it was awful. I had a terrible time, which is a lie. Yeah. But Stefan's operating under the assumption that like she's having a bad time with Damon. So he just assumes like they're not going to trust each other so I can leave them alone. Bad read, not his fault, but bad read. I think it's a good point that whenever he's had plans, it's been him and Damon against Elena or him and Elena against Damon. He's never had to be the one that one of them is conspiring against. He's always been conspiring against one of them. And so he honestly thought that there was enough baseline trust there that this would be enough. And it would be in a normal circumstance in most cases. But unfortunately, there are too many red flags that have come up over the day that the trust has been broken down in ways that like is not really fair to Stefan and is unexpected, but it is the situation. And in the past, it's always been enough for him to say to Damon or Elena, like, trust me on this. Mm-hmm. So it was easier when Elena was making decisions and Damon was like, no, I want to make the decision for her. And Stefan was like, we can work together. It also is this feeling from Damon and Elena that he now has a new partner. They've always felt like I'm Stefan's partner. We work together against whoever. And now they're like, no, Stefan's partner is Klaus now. So fuck me then, which as poor of a read as that may be. Yes, that is their reaction. Again, the Delana train is heading down a track. They're both feeling it and they both feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. So it's the same way as when Stefan was out of town with Klaus killing people. It was easier for Damon to believe that his humanity was off because then he's like, because then Stefan's being a bad person. I don't feel bad about stealing his girlfriend. So if Stefan's lying to them about Klaus, they don't feel bad about the fact that they were like dirty dancing at college because it's like, oh, he's been lying to us. So haha. And there's also less of a buffer than there was when Stefan left, because we have to remember Alurk really cooled that down a lot of time because he was always there. There is no one who's there that same amount because Jamie doesn't want to hang out with David and Elena. Caroline has her own thing. Bonnie has her own thing. Tyler has his own thing. Like there is no buffer anymore. When it's Elena and Damon, it's like Elena and Damon and the sexy side of vampirism. There's too much. So Stefan says, you have to trust me on that. And Damon says, don't want to, don't have to, not gonna give him to me. He's closing off. He's not negotiating anymore. And so Stefan realizes like he and Damon are not going to come to an agreement here. So he just tells Connor to run because he also thinks Elena has no desire to kill Connor. Yeah. Well, he thinks Elena is also like distracted. She'll be happy to have Jeremy back. 
she's occupied up there. Like in his mind, it's safe to just send Connor away. He'll get him later. He'll ease this thing with Damon. Like this is a reasonable call on his part. Exactly. And so Connor does run away and the boys fight, you know, as they do. And Stefan says, you're not going to kill him. And Damon says, why are you protecting him? Stefan doesn't want to answer. And so Damon reaches into Stefan's chest and grabs his heart and says, tell me. And Stefan still fights back. Stefan says, Klaus will kill anyone who knows. That should be enough for Damon to be like, this is serious enough to you. This is not the problem for right now. But no, instead he says, then it's got to be good. Threatens to pull his own brother's heart out. And Stefan still hesitates, but he says, fine. The tattoo is the key to a cure for Elena. And if Connor dies, we'll lose it forever. And Damon's like, what? Yeah, Damon's like, okay, I do see why you kept that. I think I might be in the wrong. I do apologize for the hurt thing. (laughs) And for the drama I have caused. Looking back, I kind of lost myself a little bit today. So I do apologize for that. And Stefan says, look, I know it's crazy, but it's her only hope. And so Damon's like, wow, I see what you were doing now. So they're like, okay, well, good. We'll just go get Connor and we'll deal it from here. But elsewhere in the tunnel, Connor is a little lost because he doesn't know these tunnels because he doesn't know anything. And he runs into Elena and she bites him, but she doesn't kill him right away. She says, stay away from my brother. She pushes him to the ground and he says, look at you. And he starts to grab a little steak. And he says, you're so worried about your brother, but you're the biggest monster he'll ever meet, which is a sore spot for Elena. And he stakes her, but not in the hurt. And she says, you missed. And she snaps his neck and she kills him. I mean, he should have hit her hurt. And this does feel in a way out of character for Elena because she's not like someone who wants to kill people, but she has been really powered by rage lately. And she's been encouraged by Damon all day to kill him. Yeah, she's been encouraged all day to kill him. And she's been angry like we've seen anger come out as a big feeling for her which is fair she's a lot to be angry about her life has really been a a gut punch after gut punch and also today that like it is this protective instinct too of you know now it's just her and jeremy as a family and she is the older sister so she wants to protect him and keep him safe and this person got in the way of her keeping her brother safe so i think it's this maternal instinct as well well but here's something i want to bring up too jeremy's safe right now like Connor's not near her. Yeah, but because she had to save him. It's not like a spur of the moment saving Jeremy, but also like I had to go save Jeremy because of shit that you're putting us through. And I'm not letting you do shit like this again. I'm not giving you the chance to take another hostage. You're not coming back and hurting my brother again. You took your one chance. Like, I think it is very much this protection. Like, you're not going to get out of this tunnel and do this again. I think it comes down to that need for protection for her along with the rage. I've been saying Obviously, she was going to kill someone. She seemed to think she'd get around it. That was foolish, but I understand why she thought it. And this is really a pretty best case scenario for killing. I mean, obviously, the cure thing is complex, but she didn't know about it. Like, she killed someone who was a threat to them. It's better than killing an innocent person. Yeah, you would think she would be like, you know, I'm pretty pleased with this being the person I killed. This could have gone a lot worse. Like, if I'm only killing one, I'm good with this one. But we'll get to her reaction in a minute. First, we go over to Shane's office. Bonnie and Shane are like sitting there in times with their eyes closed, meditating or something. And Bonnie says, mm, this isn't working. I can't get into hypnosis. And Shane says, what do you think we've been doing for the past seven hours? She's like, what? Bonnie, you were blacked out for seven hours and you're not nervous. I'd be out of this office so fast. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, we are not hanging out anymore. I'd be like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. 
And she says, that is crazy. And he says, hey, I'm good at this. Good at what exactly? Yeah, good at what? What did I fucking say to you? What did you say to me? What's the cliff notes on how this afternoon went? I need to know. Was I just sitting here the whole time? What do you know? What do you have on me now? And he says, you know, you're doing way better than you were when you came in this morning. I have proof, actually. I bet. And he takes out a candle. He says, you can light this candle as easily as I can sign my name. All you have to do is want to. And she doesn't even try. She says, I can't. And he says, if you can't, it's only because you're afraid of the spirits and what they might do to your grams. But let me tell you something. You're stronger than they are. You have a power of your own that you haven't even approached yet. And you don't have to be afraid of anyone. And he's like, say it. I don't have to be afraid. And she says it, but she kind of like laughs through it. And he says, now close your eyes and mean it. Closes her eyes. She says, I don't have to be afraid. She opens her eyes and the candle's not lit. And she's like, well, that was bullshit. She says, well, I guess I'm just not good enough. And he says, I don't know about all that. And they look around and there's like a million other candles in his office and they're lit. And that cannot be safe in the university policy. Especially when you consider like he's an occult professor and we've seen he has like framed old prints and shit. Like he has ancient shit in here. That will burn. You don't have a dish for any of these candles. They're just all fucking on wood bookcases. Yeah, but whatever. She lights all the candles. She's very excited about this. Should she be? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the whole you have a power all your own. You don't have to be afraid of any of the spirits. The spirits have been helping you. Let's remember that. And yeah, they kind of rejected you. But after you did some fucked up shit. She was fighting the spirits a lot. Like first she brought Jeremy back to life that one time. That was the first straw. And, you know, it was a special circumstance. She was in love with him. You know, you can get the spirits would be like, okay, we don't love it, but whatever. It's a one-time thing. Everybody gets one. Yeah. But then she kept being like, the spirits will help me. Spirits will save me. And the spirits are like, you know, bitch, we are not your fucking servants. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're working with the vampires a lot, Miss Queen. It's a little much. So then we go to the woods. Elena still has the blood on her mouth. She is crying and she is digging a grave. So she's doing real good. She's handling this well. And Damon and Stefan approach and they're like, hey. And they see this and they're like, oh, we are not telling her. (laughs) That secret's going to the grave. (laughs) And she says, I need to bury him because I killed him. And Stefan says, hey, come on, let's let's go home. She fights. She's like, no, she's like, I heard you talking to him, making some kind of secret deal with Klaus. You said you were going to protect Jeremy and keep him from this. And you said I could trust you. And Damon says, I just want to chime in and say it is complicated. (laughs) The thing is, like, he was protecting Jeremy by doing that. Yeah. But she's obviously in a way. And she won't hear any reason right now. And definitely right now, the reason they could tell her, there's no reason to tell her that there was a cure. This reason would make sense. But do not tell her that. Not only is the cure now out of her reach, but it's out of her reach because of her own doing. Like she's already guilty enough about killing this guy. Like there is no point in telling her this now. So Damon's like, I just want to make it clear that like if you knew the reasoning, like you might regret being a little bit of a bitch ass all day because I know I did. Yeah, I feel bad. And she says, no, it's not complicated. And you want to know why? Because he's dead now. And she says to Damon, she says, you told me to kill him. So I did. This is putting a lot of blame onto Damon. Like you were still the one in the tunnel that killed him. And so you think this is more Elena's fault than Damon's? I I think she's more mad. She convinced herself that it was okay. It's the same thing of every time she does something with Damon, she's convinced that like, maybe I can be a vampire. Maybe this can be okay. And then someone else is there and she's like, wait, no, I didn't want this to happen. But like, it's what a vampire does. Do you think she would have killed Connor whether or not Damon told her to? Yeah, 
I think if Damon had been all day like, oh, I don't know if we should kill him or not. Like Stefan kind of wants him alive. But after she like saw him try to blow up Jeremy and have him like, you know, even though it was slightly her fault, shoot Jeremy and have him go after Stefan. I think this rage and protection would have still overpowered it because we saw even like two episodes ago that she wanted to kill Rebecca. She was ready to kill Rebecca. And yeah, she was able to be talked down from it because of the consequences. But I think that urge would have still been there. Sure. So the realization dawns on her. She says, oh, I killed someone. And then she sobs and they watch and like Stefan and Damon are like, girly, we've all done it. Yeah. And Damon doesn't want to be like, you know, I told you, you probably would. No one wants to be like, this one actually isn't the worst, though. You can see they're both there. Like, they're not saying anything. You can see they're both like, "Mm, we've both killed people. And this is not a bad one to kill. Yeah. Stefan's like, not to like make this a competition, but like, I killed my dad. Yeah. Damon's like, and you know, again, not to make it a competition. I killed Stefan's best friend for a much less good reason. than Yeah. I killed your brother. I killed Stefan's best friend. And that one was premeditated. Yeah. So like, I get you're feeling guilty, but this one is actually not bad. Caroline killed a random guy. At least we had an issue with him. Yeah. At least this guy was going to kill us. At least this was kind of self-defense. Yeah. But they don't say anything because she's clearly not ready to hear that. She's going to cry either way. So you just kind of got to let her do it. Yeah. One thing about Elena, she's going to cry. So then we go over to the Lockwood house. Tyler is hugging Haley because they heard Dean's dead. He's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I can't believe Dean's gone. We could have saved him. Okay. Yeah. Are you really that sad about Dean or did you just want to hug Tyler? But she was sad about Nate too. Why do you think she's so sad about these hybrids dying? They're just her friends. They're her friends. Yeah. Werewolves like to support other werewolves. Caroline enters and they stop hugging. Which makes it more suspicious, by the way. Yeah. And she says, oh, am I intruding? Tyler finally decides to like say something. He says, it's not like that. And Caroline says, you know, I keep waiting for you to make up some dumb story so I can at least call you a liar. So is that now? She's like, so are we going to fucking do this? Because I'm ready. And Haley says, I'll let you two talk. And Caroline says, oh, how big of you. (laughs) Yeah. Which was fair. So Haley leaves to Haley's credit. She does leave. Yeah. She's like, I don't need to be here for this. She says, okay, I've had my fun with her today. And Tyler says, you have to understand. And Caroline says, oh, you don't have to tell me what I have to understand. Okay. She says, I went through hell when I thought you died, crying like an idiot. And this whole time, you've been keeping a secret from me about falling for some werewolf in the Appalachians. And you know what? She's right to be angry about this, knowing what she knows. Yeah. And he says, I never fell for her. He has to get to his point quicker here. Yeah. Because I never fell for her is not, I didn't cheat on her. Those are different things. But he does say, she saved my life. I almost died trying to break the cyber bond. Haley helped me get through it, but nothing else happened. And Caroline says, well, then why would Klaus think that? I also think it's just suspicious. Like, I believe him when he says nothing else happened. Ish. But he still has never brought up the Haley of it all to Caroline. And I know he's trying to say he wants to keep it a secret, but this is still suspicious. I do believe that they never made out or hooked up. But clearly they have an emotional bond. And clearly Haley feels some type of way. And I know that Tyler's stupid, but... There's clearly some bond and he didn't mention it to Caroline before. Now, granted, logistically show wise, I'm guessing he didn't mention it to Caroline because this character hadn't been thought up yet by the writers. But I do think there's a serious emotional bond here. And on one level, it's like, Caroline, did you think he was just in the mountains alone and he didn't meet anybody? I mean, that's what he told her. That's what he implied. And he didn't tell her when she came to town. So that was iffy. I do believe that they never kissed. I don't believe that they never wanted to. Like there was still some emotional stuff going on. 
I believe that Tyler is like really close with her and he can also see like objectively that she's pretty. I do believe that he was never like, oh, I would really love to hook up with her. I think always he was like, I'm doing this for Caroline. But I think on paper, he understands the attraction that he could have. I think he probably felt the emotional connection and attraction like, well, she's helping him too. And that's obviously a close connection. It's how he fell in love with Caroline. Same way he fell in love with Caroline. I think he has chalked that up to like, it was an emotional time. Yes. Emotions were heightened. It doesn't mean that like I have feelings for her now. Now I think that's a misread by him. I don't think he has romantic feelings for her though, right now. I think he's more focused on the hybrid stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think he is just putting that on the back burner, whether he's repressing it or whatever. But I don't think he has romantic feelings for her now. I think he had them, but he was like, oh, I was just emotional. I was misreading them. I think he had emotions toward her, but I don't think he ever had self-identified romantic feelings. Yeah. I think he has an emotional connection. I think he understands on paper that she's attractive but I don't think he has romantic feelings for her right now. I think right now he sees her as a really close friend. Granted, he knows the way it looks to Caroline because he knows that Caroline him fell in love because of connecting overturning. And he also knows that Caroline can see she's attractive. So I think he knew that Caroline would come to that conclusion and that's why he didn't tell her she's there. I don't think he actively has feelings, but I think he knows how it looks. I think he knows the emotional connection is something that was worth keeping from Caroline because he knew it would hurt her regardless of how things went down. Mm -hmm. And Tyler says, you know, I'd rather have Klaus think that than know the truth because the truth is there are other hybrids that need to be set free. Haley and I can help them, but if Klaus found out about what we're trying to do, he'd kill us all. And actually, this is a very smart read of Klaus by Tyler because Klaus is like evil. He's aware of his underlings and what they do. But one thing that will always be Klaus's blind spot is he wants to be loved by his family and friends so badly that he will always assume personal conflict. He always thinks something's going on and Klaus is begging Tyler and Caroline to break up. He's so excited at that crack in their relationship that he's not even entertaining something else. He's letting it blind him to the fact that Tyler broke his sire bond. It's an easy leap for Klaus to make that Tyler will be helping other people break their sire bond. And you have to love that Tyler accurately saw that Klaus thought he cheated on Caroline. And Tyler's like, I'm going to support that. I'm going to let him hop on that. And to be fair, he should have gone to Caroline and be like, hey, Klaus thinks this and I'm going to let him keep thinking it. And this is why. I don't think there's a good justification to have kept Caroline in the dark about this for this long because it just looks suspicious either way. Because the only other motivation I can think for that is if Klaus were in town, he would want Caroline's reaction to be real so Klaus could see it. Yeah. But since Klaus is out of town in Italy, he might as well use the time to be like, hey, I need to tell you this now. I know you're a fantastic actress. He should have led with this because otherwise, like, even though this is, I do believe it's true, it feels still like spinning the story in a way because he had to tell Caroline after she saw suspicious things. One thing about Caroline is she will take things personally. Yeah. And she should in this case, I would argue. And she will clock them. And she is not afraid to be a bitch. And you know what? Neither is Haley. They have met their match. (laughs) They have met their match because Rebecca's a bitch, but she's so, so insecure. Haley is not insecure. She thinks she's better than everyone. Haley is confident. Yeah. So it's a dangerous game with these two. And I think also maybe that's another reason Tyler didn't say anything because he was like, 
I don't even want to deal with these two talking to each other. He's like, I don't even want these two to be fucking friends because they will tear me to pieces. Or each other. Yeah. And also it's worth noting, he's like, you know, me and Haley can help stop the cyber bond. She came by unannounced. You guys didn't plan this together until she showed up at your door. Do you think Haley has any motivation for stopping the cyber bond other than helping hybrids? I mean, there might be a part of it that is Tyler motivated. I think it's a werewolf loyalty thing and also maybe a vampire hatred thing of like, how dare this vampire take advantage of werewolves in this way or something. There might be something deeper than that, but I think it's more about like protecting werewolves and that pack mentality. Sure. Then we go over to the town square. Jeremy's sitting on the bench, just wallowing. He takes off his vervain bracelet and he holds it as Matt and April approach. And April says, hey, Jeremy, sorry we are so late. We had to take a crazy detour. And Matt says, yeah, there was a gas leak. And Jeremy says, yeah, I heard. And April says, yeah. And we had to stop by Tyler Lockwood's house to see Caroline. And we talked to her for a bit. But now I was thinking we could get some coffee. But the grill is closed. Weird. Wow, you guys just gave her the sentences verbatim. Yeah. And Jeremy says, okay, are we done with the are we done with the speech? Okay, (laughs) I should get home. I'm a little over today. And Matt says, yeah, I should go home, too, because I'm kind of done. And April's like, wait, I was compelled to go get coffee. Do I have to do that alone now? (laughs) April says, oh, okay." They start to walk away, but Jeremy drops his bracelet. Then he picks it up and he says, hey, April, did you drop this? And she says, that hideous thing is not mine. And Jeremy and Matt are so manipulative here. Jeremy says, you sure? And then he says, let me see your wrist. And he grabs her hand and she's like, ooh, a boy. And then he puts it on her wrist and she says, uh, and Matt says, oh, it looks good on you. You should wear it. And she's like, okay. Like, apparently you don't actually need compulsion for her. You just need some boys to give her attention. That's why she and Rebecca get along. Yeah. Plus now she just figured out Matt's available. So she's like, hmm. And then she leaves. She just walks away. Yeah. She's like, well, that was the end of my role in this conversation. So I'm going to go. Matt asks Jeremy, he's like, hey, are you okay? And Jeremy says, yeah, I'm just, you know, sick of the secrets. Matt says, tell me about it. And then Jeremy looks at his hand and he can see the beginnings of his hunter's mark. We just see it on the back of his hand for now. So we don't know if it's grown at all other than that, but we can assume it's just like the very beginning. Yeah. So he's not done with the secrets quite yet because baby boy better keep that locked up. Yeah. And Matt says, hey, what's wrong? And Jeremy says, nothing. The good thing is Jeremy's the only one who can see it. So how will they know? The only way someone's going to know is if he tells them. Do you think he will tell someone? Yeah. I don't think this secret's staying secret. It's coming out somehow. I think he's going to want to keep this under wraps because, you know, he just saw the Connor situation. But also that would keep him alive. So it could be a bargaining chip too. Does he remember the cure part of it? I don't think he does. He didn't even hear that when he was there. So he doesn't know about the cure. Because I do think if he knew about the cure, yeah, he would share that information because he would want that for later. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan and Damon catch up. Damon says, hey, how is Elena? And Stefan says, well, she is angry, full of guilt, and she will not talk to me. She wants to be left alone. So bad is the answer. Obviously, she's not doing good. We all saw her earlier. Damon, meanwhile, is reading Stefan's vampire diary. (laughs) He says that he went through six locks to get it. (laughs) Stefan's got to hide this better. (laughs) Because Damon's like, I needed something to back up your insanity. So... Early when we were watching that episode too, you also said like, I would read Stefan's diary. Yeah. And Damon did just that. My hubby. And then Damon says, have you figured out how to tell Klaus you lost a hunter and a hybrid? And Stefan says, well, he's on a plane, so I get to live for another six hours. Yeah, so I can't call him right now. And frankly, the hybrid, that one's on Klaus. Yeah. The hunter 
Stefan did what he could. That one's on the hybrid. It's like Klaus told him there might be booby traps. Yeah. Damon says, well, you know, I got your back if Klaus comes to murder you. And Stefan says, thanks. Stefan says, what are you going to fucking do? <laughs> but Stefan also says, oh, thank you for not saying anything to Elena. And Damon says, about what? The cure we don't have, can't find, and probably doesn't exist? Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah he's like, no, I don't want to break that news to her. That's <laughs> decidedly not a win. And Stefan says she doesn't need to know that she killed her one chance of being human again. And Damon says alleged chance. Yeah, because Damon's like, I'm still pretending it's not even possible. Yeah, Damon's like, I still don't trust that there's a cure. And Stefan says, look, you didn't hear Klaus's story, but I believe every word he said. And Damon says, well, I'll remain a skeptic. Okay, what else is new? And then he says, what's your next move? And Stefan says, well, he said there was a Brotherhood of the Five, which means there are other hunters out there. I'll just keep looking till I find one. I don't have to look far. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't have to look far. It did take Klaus 900 years, but luckily there's one right down the block. Yeah. Damon says, since you asked, I'd be happy to go on a suicide mission with you for a potentially non-existent cure. And Stefan says, okay, I didn't ask, but a couple hours ago, you were ready to rip my heart out. And Damon says, well, you were being a pain in the ass. And Stefan's like, well, you were being a pain in the ass. Damon's like, it was just a threat. I wasn't going to actually do it. Come on. But then Damon says one thing. Why do you want to cure her? And Stefan says, well, what kind of question is that? And Damon says, it's a legitimate one. Damon's like, it's pretty obvious what kind of question it is. Damon says, do you want to cure her because she's a vampire and she's not cut out to be? Or you can't love her if she is one? Stefan does not answer that question. Because both. Stefan says, I will always love her, but she's not supposed to be this person. I don't want her to be. And it's also, I will always love her, but she might not be loving me anymore. He can see the paths diverging. And Damon says, well, if I'm going to ride this fairy tale to its conclusion, let me be clear about one thing. I'm fine with her either way. So if we do this, we're doing it for you. Now, let's unpack this. I will concede that Stefan clearly doesn't want Elena to be this way. And I think there's a selfish aspect of it. But Elena doesn't want to be this way either, at least in what she's saying to Stefan. And Damon saying, I'm fine with her either way. Maybe. Maybe you're fine with her either way, but you prefer her as a vampire because she likes you more. Let's not pretend. He knows that even though she is saying she doesn't want to be a vampire, he can see the path where she gets over it. And he has no issue with the person she is when she's a vampire. Now, he also is fine with her staying human because he knows that that's what she said she wants, which I think we're seeing that kind of shift. I mean, she would never admit this. She would always say she wants to be a human. I think we'll see her grow into this more. I mean, she's got to get over the guilt of killing someone, but like, whatever. Like, I think there's still a potential that she can be a better person. I think there's also the side of Stefan that wants to be the one to save her. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would ever say this, but then if he's the one who makes her human again, then she's never going to leave him because she's in love with him saving her in that way. And that's, you know, not fair, but I think that's what Stefan is feeling deep down of like, I don't want to lose her. And this is a way that I can make sure I never do. Well, and Stefan knows that human Elena chose him, loves him. Mm -hmm. He loves her either way, but he sees her struggling with being a vampire. It is what she wants to be a human again. He does want to help her, but he also knows that if she's human again, She prefers him because if she's a vampire, it's not that he won't love her, but he knows that vampire Elena and vampire Stefan do not work together. The way they feed doesn't work. Like he knows that her being a vampire is bad for their relationship. And like, yes, he wants the cure for her and he can hide behind that. But the truth is he would prefer her as a human. But I take issue 
with Damon acting like, like Stefan obviously will prefer as a human. He's not admitting to that. He's alluding to it. But I take issue with the fact that Damon is acting like he doesn't care either way. He prefers her as a vampire and that's fine. They each prefer her in different ways, but he's acting like I was fine with her either way. You were fine with her either way, but your preference is the way she is now. So isn't that convenient? I think Damon's not conscious of that because I think he also knows from a selfish perspective that he likes her as a vampire. He sees her growing into like a strong person. He sees this path, the future for them. But I think he also knows that like if she had the option, she would take the cure. He doesn't like if she chooses Stefan, but he's more able to deal with that than Stefan losing her is. Well, but also here's the thing. Damon doesn't believe in the cure right now. So he's not actually considering the cure as a thing. If the cure were an actual real thing, do you think he'd want her to take it or do you think he might push back? I think it kind of depends what happens between then and now, because I think we're still a ways away from finding this cure. And I think there is this level of growth going into being a vampire that, yeah, Elena doesn't want to do, but there is an energy of like, once you have that personal growth, no matter what direction you've gone in, like you can't really go back. And I think it's the same thing of Stefan and Elena through a lot of this. Is there forever trying to go back to season one, Stelena, where things were simple and they were secure. And even if, you know, we still had, season three of Stefan kind of losing it, almost driving her off a bridge. And now we'll have Elena growing apart from Stefan, growing closer to Damon. Even if we go back to human Elena, vampire Stefan, all that stuff still happened. Yeah. Knowing that Stefan can lose it and knowing that Elena deeply, deeply cares for Damon. And I think Stefan is ignoring that because he's like, I just have to help her and then I can save the day. Yeah, if I can just do this, it'll get back to normal. It was the same as like, if I can just get rid of Klaus, it'll all go back to normal. Every time he thinks he can get it back to normal, he can't. These things still happen. And it's hard for him because Damon is able to see that there are parts of being a vampire that Elena is enjoying. She's not showing that to Stefan. She's only showing misery. So Damon and Stefan both selfishly want what they want, but it's built on what they're seeing because Damon sees Elena having fun as a vampire. So he's like, this is good for her. But Stefan sees only misery. And he's like, well, I prefer her human. And actually she would prefer it too. Like they both, they're picking the Elena they prefer. And they both think Elena prefers herself the way they prefer her. But she's portraying different things to each of them. Yeah, because even though she went and had tons of fun with Damon at college, she came back and said, I hate it. And Damon said, yeah, it was uncomfortable for her, but she did like it. Like they both are seeing very different things. And I think the side that Elena is showing Damon is a more accurate representation because she's so scared of letting Stefan down. But that's not Stefan's fault that she's not showing him that. And my argument, I alluded to this in season two of Delena versus Delena. Fans know I'm a Stefan girl, okay? I love Stefan. I pick Stefan over Damon every time. But I do long-term prefer Delena over Stelena because I do think Damon is a better fit for Elena as a vampire and Stefan is a better fit for Elena as a human. Because we've seen this shift of Elena when she was a human, like really respecting the way Stefan went about his life. But now we see with them both as vampires, she can't handle the way he's doing it and he can't handle being around her doing anything different. It's just not compatible. They can never go out to eat together. Yeah, it is like if you had a boyfriend and you could never go to dinner with him. You couldn't even eat a meal with him. It's like they're out on a date and they want to go get lunch. And Stefan's like, well, I can't eat gluten, dairy, or meat. So we have to go here. 
And Elena's like, well, I can only eat gluten, dairy, or meat. So I have to go here. And it's like, you're just not going to find a restaurant that caters to both of you. Yeah. You're not going to find a world where you're able to coexist. There's always going to be this separation. Because then Elena's like, oh, well, Damon also really likes gluten, dairy, and meat. So I'm going to have lunch with him yeah. and breakfast and dinner. And then I'll just hang out with you during the day. It's like something's happening during those meals. Yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert bathroom, Elena's bathroom at the Gilbert house. Elena is showering, washing the blood off, staring at it. She's in a way. Yeah, she's freaking. And she's narrating what she's writing in her vampire diary. She says, today I did the thing I was most afraid of. I lost control and I killed someone. Girl, you didn't really lose control. You were very controlled. It seemed pretty controlled to me, but she's not ready to admit that. And she says, I used to think the worst feeling in the world was losing someone you love, but I was wrong. The worst feeling is the moment you realize you've lost yourself. And we see her writing this at her desk. She's like, I really went off on that line. And blood drips on her. And she's like, that's interesting. Where's that coming from? And she turns around and there's like puddles of blood on the floor. Mm-hmm. She follows that. There's a bloody handprint on the bathroom door. And I was like, they can't kill Jeremy. He just got his tattoo. They just gave him a plot device. You're always so worried about Jeremy. Then she opens the door. There's blood all over the bathroom. And in the mirror, written in blood, it says killer. And she's freaked out. And she slips on the blood. But then when she falls to the ground, no blood. All clean. She stands up, looks in the mirror, all clean. And that's where we end the episode. So what the fuck does that mean? I think we're meant to read this as like a hallucination. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of possibilities for this that I'll read outside of her just being guilty and hallucinating, like looking for external things. You know, she did drink blood from the hunter and he is a special hunter. There's some level of supernatural push. There may have been some kind of like essentially poison in his blood. That's not the right word for it, but that that is affecting her differently. Sure. It may also be like we've seen vampires have the power to affect dreams. It could be some level of the other side or her own guilt, you know, manifesting as this affecting her dreams and like building into it. So those are kind of some thoughts. Here's something I want to raise to you. Okay. We have seen vampires hallucinate before. From werewolf venom. Just something to think about. Something to think about because she was around plenty of werewolf venom. I... I doubt that because I think she's had a werewolf fight before. So I think she would recognize that feeling. But I think that does then push this energy for some sort of hunter venom. So do you think that the hunter venom will just eventually leave her system and then it'll just kind of pass? Yes. I mean, I I think there's a couple of potentials. It's likely that it would just leave her system. But I think there's also it may be somewhat like a virus where it sticks around for a while. So how do you think she'll get rid of it? Because I feel like just leaving her system, that's pretty low stakes. I think there's a way she has to get rid of it. But I think there's an issue with this because I don't think she's going to want to tell people that she hallucinated this. Yeah. Because she wants everyone to think she's doing okay. So I don't think she wants to tell anyone. And I think there's also potential. We don't have any evidence that this is hereditary, this hunter thing. So I'm not sure that this makes any sense. But we know that Jeremy's a potential hunter. And we know she's only like his half sister, but there could be some potential of Gilbert blood, doppelganger blood and vampire and hunter all together. That is just a dangerous concoction. Sure. Do you think it'll kill her? No, I think it's more of a 
psychological drug. How do you think she gets rid of this? I think some sort of spell or like some antidote to it, or maybe drink some of Jamie's blood, even it out. And put more poison in? That can't be right. So here's next question. Let's talk about Jeremy and his tattoo. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, we got told that Jeremy was able to see the tattoo because he was a potential hunter. And I had said before that maybe there could only be five living members of this brotherhood at a time. And so now Connor's out. Guess who took the spot? The one who saw his tattoo. And it's clear that like he is now a hunter because the tattoo is on him. Because that lines up with what Connor told us about he saw a guy's tattoo when he was in Iraq and then he lost track of the guy and he got the tattoo, presumably when that guy died. Who you think is Grace and Gilbert. Yeah, that's a reach, but perhaps. You said it. What do you mean that's a reach? You reached. It it is a reach. I did reach. I'm self-aware. But I do think he's now one of the five. Connor seems pretty gung-ho about killing vampires. Do you think that's just Connor's attitude or do you think that's kind of a side effect of being a hunter. I think it's a bit of a side effect of being a hunter, but I also like Connor didn't know about it before he became a hunter. Like he kind of came into it late. So I think there is a balance here that Jeremy can still strike, but I do think this has this kind of magical push to be a little bit more like Esther tried to make the perfect hunter. I think to kind of push him in that direction. I think Jeremy is not necessarily going to like kill Stephen Damon Elena, but I do think there's a level of like, there will probably be a little less comfort with vampires, but also like there are plenty of other vampires he can kill, I'm sure. So that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you're enjoying Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Thank you.